Okay, let's lower all that down. So, what's up everybody? This is Francisco with my good buddies Andrew and Charles here for our 73rd episode of Sports Goofs. Uh, one that we've dubbed Wrestling Bonanza. Because Charles has been away for uh, since last week. And he said some stuff went down, and well, we're about to see what exactly went down. And we have another surprise. We have NXT today, so we're going to do a bit of a watch party uh, because it'll start happening during the show. I'll put it on the screen, but I've got a surprise for the screen to kind of get around old Vince's penchant for striking us down with copyright claims. And yeah, it's going to be pretty fun and exciting. What's up, guys? gentlemen nothing much man just glad to be back after taking the old man siesta so very excited to kind of overindulge myself on Vince mcmahon mania and everything that came into it later on the show oh yeah it might be later on we might even start with it dude i don't know i don't know if you're ready for it but uh but we have well actually we have an hour right we have an hour or so yeah okay yeah well the, the 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 main event starts at nine technically so sneak preview guys the reason why it's kind of crazy carrying cross vacated the nxt title that he wanted to take over due to injury on august 24th yeah was it 24th no it was like the 22nd well tonight because you know playoffs and all that stuff's going on they had to move nxt from wednesday to tuesday so they're doing a fatal four-way nine or 60 minute iron man match and whoever gets the most wins wins that vacated title that's why the kind of watch party is existing. That's why Charles is kind of plentiful in the pants when it comes to this situation. We'll dive deeper into it a little bit later. Let's get those interests aside. How you doing, Andrew? Not bad. Just, uh, yeah, not bad. <laughs> All right. I mean, you should be doing good, my man. Your lightning moved on. Defeated those dreaded Bruins. Should be doing yes, awesome indeed. right now. Yeah, and we've got our, our the Miami Heat. We'll, we'll be talking about them today. Oh, we got some stuff to say about them. And uh, Major League Baseball trading deadline went down. So we're at pretty much every team is at the halfway point of their seasons. So it's it's going to be a insane race to the finish with uh, all of these teams. The Marlins have like 40 doubleheaders. And I'm actually excited for September baseball, which is something I haven't had in a long time. Um, I don't know where to start. Also, college football started. Hi, Andrew. That also happened. That is Um, true. So um, on the screen here, we got uh, WWE Day of Reckoning 2. That's on the screen there. I just hit some random wrestlers, and I'm sure Charles is happy about that. Wow, and, Kenzo Suzuki. That's a callback. And here we go. So, where do, what do you guys want to discuss first? We got baseball, hockey, basketball. Got a trade deadline here. Just happened. Yeah, let's let's knock out with some baseball in there. Cause, right. uh, I want to get my pain off my chest because I think tonight the Rays and the Yanks are also playing for, you know, battle of who is the most injured but most gifted team in the AL and NL. Yep, on the bottom right, we've got two games. Got the Marlins versus the Buffalo Blue Jays and the Buffalo Rays. Blue Jays? Yeah, Buffalo Blue Jays. 
uh, versus, uh, and then we got the Marlins versus the, or not, uh, the Rays versus the Yankees up at Yankee Stadium. The Montreal Rays? Not yet, they're not. <laughs> okay. So, trading deadline went down. There was movement, some significant movement. And we've got winners and losers. So, I, I, I mean, I guess to start, big winner, the San Diego Padres. But is it? I, I think it is. I mean, I, I like Clevenger. But I, I, this is a dance, guys. And right now, San Diego is playing like the drunk guy at the wedding, just busting loose to no rhythm at all. I, I think for a franchise that has yet to win a World Series title and can kind of taste it in a sense this year where uh, this might be the one year that they could theoretically get hot and win it all. Uh, why not? I mean, that, that's that was the whole point of doing this. You're going to have Fernando Tatis and some of those dudes for a while. And we're not going to let him go. Uh, but Or, or maybe, maybe he won't. He'll, he'll leave free agency. You might as well take advantage of it now but yeah get your ace get uh get your your bullpen help get everything that you can really this is um they're they're freaking dead serious in in trying to win this whole damn thing oh but then again there's the big the big bad brothers that they have in the los angeles dodgers who are just uh leaps and bounds better than everybody else in the national league but it's possible the Padres could find a way to get hot and make it to the World Series. So that's that's the plan. That's what they went for. That's that's uh, I commend them for saving up all of these years. I mean, you 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 restocked your farm system. You you didn't have to give up uh, some of your your top guys in your farm system right now. Uh, you uh, grabbed an ace from Cleveland that you desperately needed. You signed some guys already, uh, some veteran players. It's a good mix. And uh, they're in the National League West, meaning, and we, we talked about this before, they're, they're going to face some pretty mediocre to bad teams out West because the Diamondbacks are bad, the Angels are bad. Uh, really, the only teams they have to contend with are Oakland, Los Angeles, and Houston. And that's it. So and then, then the rest of the teams are kind of middling San Francisco and Colorado. So why why I I give them a, a, a I'd say they're a winner in uh, during this trade deadline. They're 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 up there. They're one of the they're on the top half of, of the thirty teams there. Um, how, how do you, I mean? Well, for the the Rays didn't make much moves. Really, the Rays' only move is for their guys to get healthy. And they're doing pretty. They're doing pretty well without them at this point. We so. really are. I'm honestly surprised. I mean, uh, I don't know the record off the top of my head. Twenty-two, uh, twenty-five, and eleven. Yep. Yeah, we're. And I know that the Yanks are banged up as well, but we're we're responding well uh, to a lot of injuries. I sent you guys over a list of. Um, all the pitchers, just the pitchers that we have injured. Um, but luckily we still have uh, Glass now as being a beast. Uh, Snell is Snell. Um, I mean, you're, you're pitching 
regardless of guys injured, you guys have a 3.73 ERA, which is the sixth best in all of baseball. And defense is not uh, is nothing to scoff at either. You know, led by Kevin Kiermaier. Um, we've also picked up a lot of hitting too. Uh, Yoshi Susugo um, is making a big in- impact. Um, Meadows. Uh, we're just we're really well rounded right now, um, which we we definitely need considering uh, how much how many injuries we have going right now. Oh yeah, it's you guys went five and one last week in all your games. Uh, thanks, uh, uh, thanks to no parts of the Marlins, but <laughs> um, well, a lot of parts for you guys to the Marlins, but I. Uh, Tampa's just weren't you the f- one that said that uh, we won't, we don't need a stadium because we we already own Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You already own Marlins Park, and uh, let's say CBS, uh, they posted on their review of the Rays. Here, I thought the Steinbrenner family owned the Yankees. It turns out it's the 2020 Rays. So there you go. Uh, Shots CBS or CBS? CBS. How about CBS becomes relevant good television programming aside from oh, the Big Bang Theory? Yikes! Ouch! <laughs> oh, don't like Kevin James hear that. Um, all right. Well, just as we say that, the Yanks uh, park it to left. Uh, who was that? Lemayhew. And uh, yeah, that, that the is machine just showing up on our screen right now. So, home run to left field. Yanks are up. So, but there's no cold job. No, 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 no cold job derby. Right I now, will... I think I've got three for the season. Yeah, I think ever since he found out about it, he's been doing a lot worse. He, he really has. <laughs> it's scary. I mean, I'm kind of offended. <laughs> you know, I don't like it any other way either, pal. But it's got to be done. You know, it's my appreciation of you. You know, I am what the extra bonus that Brian Cashman told you about. <laughs> so just shut up and take your licks. It's okay. Oh, that came out wrong. Anyway. <laughs> so speaking of sports innuendos there. Um, right. Yeah, CBS, I mean, they're really down on the Yankees. This is their review. Uh, is now really the time to be conservative, Brian Cashman? What if yeah. I told you in the winter of 2009 that the Cubs, Nationals, Astros, Giants, three times, and Royals would win championships before the Yankees did again? There's no guarantee Aaron Judge, Carlos Stanton, James Paxton, or Gleyber Torres We'll play again this year. They just lost seven games in a row, and they did nothing. May I take the yes. reins there for a second? Go ahead. What the hell do we have to sell as assets then, CBS? Mm. Because essentially what you're saying is you guys are going to have a bad season because your three strongest lineup guys, including LeMahieu, who's now back, was on the IL. Paxson, straight forearm, IL. You don't have Luis Severino because he's done for the year, and Domingo Germain is out because of domestic violence uh, policy and suspension. So what are we supposed to trade in and get mid-level guys? Clint Frazier, who looks like the heir apparent to Guardy, because Guardy's on a one-year deal, so we're just going to tell Frazier to get good on defense? Or should we just trade away some of the other dudes? Gio Urshela, Miguel Andujar, who's been going on again, off again, the uh, alternative sites? What would that actually get us? Just 
able-bodied veterans to just kind of replace Giancarlo and Judge. We've already found the pattern of how to deal without Giancarlo and Judge. We just can't deal with the pattern of not dealing with the other guys I listed there. So your logic makes no sense to me because a lot of these people that you might implore of us that would give in are our future in of itself. So it doesn't really matter when you think about the only team listed of the Cubs, the Red Sox, and all that that was listed prior that literally did it their way instead of the Yankee way was the Royals. They fed the farm system, they developed, and then they sold after they got that title because there was no homer on their team. There is no other, I forgot the other guy's name because it's a matter on our team. They, you know, Johnny Cueto was there for a moment and he's out over in San Fran. They did the short-term rentals on short-term guys because they couldn't afford the star players. But Boston bought everybody. Uh, Chicago bought everybody and had to get new coaches to get into that relevancy or managers to get into that relevancy. Mm. And we have at least kept consistent. We haven't had a losing season. If we end up just going 22 and like 39, I can't do math. It's fine because that would be the first time in like decades that we were under 500. And to be under 500 in a, you know, CV world, it's perfectly fine with Charles. You know, so I don't get why CBS comes harsher unless it's the fact that you had strong feelings on a belief that we were the end-all, be-all, and we aren't for the AL because there were still other teams coming to that contention. Because if you look at the AL, there's not like that clear-cut winner in that uh, in that entire league because no one was sleeping on Tampa. I know they are, but they were always competitive. Oakland's still there. Even Houston and the trash that they are can still be competitive. The only thing that you guys should be butthurt about is how you guys were saying Boston was going to be the future, and then when they <laughs> trade away the whistleblower, that you know now you're at like 11:26 and you're pathetic shell of who you are. Because everybody always felt the NL, and it's like this every year. It's always the Dodgers year. Even this year, when they don't have Ryu and all those other guys, they still feel dirty with Mookie Betts. So I don't know what CBS Edge is, but let me ask you guys this because. We're, we're all kind of in the collective youth. Francisco's in the, the beginning stages of opportunity for Andrew's team with the race. It's really strike now because in the next two years we can't guarantee it's going to be there. But if you had these starting futures injured and you want to be competitive, are you going to trade away your above average or mid-level young guys to just bring in some veteran collective on the whims of a playoff push? I'd rather take the L because you don't know what's going to be available to you next year and the following year. Well, that's as far as a Marlins perspective. I mean, our only move—I mean, our biggest move was getting Starling Marte, which was amazing, cheap um, too. Yeah, twelve twelve million dollar option, so it's not really going to bite you in the butt. Yeah, no, he's he's going to be here next season as long as nothing goes horribly wrong. Um, but he will be here next season, so that's some commitment from the ownership that hey, look, we we can get these guys and we will stick with them and see what happens. Um, a vote of confidence for the guys that have scraped to this 15 and 15 record so far. So that's that's good. Um, and really, the Marlins didn't give up too much. They get, they got rid of VR and got one of um, uh, Toronto's big prospects, uh, uh, Griffin Conine, son of Jeff Conine. So that's that's something for for the future. Uh, oh yeah, we have a sponsor this 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 episode. We've got Crusader Kings three. It's a RPG strategy game. IGN gave it a ten out of ten. Yeah. GameStop gave it or GameSpot gave it eight out of ten. Kids. Yeah, it's on it's on PC, and yeah, there's freaking like I think Metacritic of like ninety one or something. It's 
Yeah, people are freaking amazed by it. And uh, back to the Marlins, though. I'm glad that they didn't sell the farm just for this weirdness of a season. Because, look, even if the Marlins make the playoffs... Uh, I, it's not, it's not the 97 or 2003 run. We, we do not have, uh, unless a lot of miracles happen, but we don't have the, the, the experienced talent or really uh, every, the way they've been playing, it's, they're overachieving. Yeah. You guys are young bucks. Yeah, exactly. You're, 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 you're vital and you're. You know, you're, you're you're trying to bring it in there, but yeah. you understand that you're still figuring out the pieces and ownership wants to take from your farm system before getting the next big name. And I feel right. like that's what we're doing, too, because I'm, Debbie Garcia pitches and he's like 21. I'm like, hey, you got to win. Cool. Why do we want to trade that away? Yeah, the, the Marlins right now, it's just a, a matter of, I mean, we've brought up, I don't know how many guys made their major league debuts this year, but a ton of them. And it is... Um, Kind of working? Uh, it, it, no, it's working. I mean, we have Sixto Sanchez, who uh, people are making comparisons to Pedro Martinez. And the way he's pitched his first two games, it kind of sort of looks like it, uh, which would be great. It would be fantastic. Uh, a bona fide ace that we took from Philadelphia. Um, so there's good vibes. A playoff push is fun for the first time in a while. I'm enjoying <sighs> baseball. And look, even if they fall short, it was still fun, and you could you finally got to see some of these young guys in pressure situations in a playoff push, uh, something that they would never have gotten in the minor leagues. So the Marlins are in a different position. We're still rebuilding. This is year three of our Lord and Savior's uh, uh, vital enlightenment and change here in Miami, but. Um, Things are going good here, and that's why we, we didn't sell the farm for Marte. We didn't sell the farm for – I mean, we added to the farm by getting Griffin Conine. So we we know that this season is not it. We're, we're not planning for it to be it. And, yeah, maybe the Yankees are, are doing the same thing um, because what works this season probably won't work next season, which may be part of your – Charles's. Uh, well, qualms about the San Diego Padres, work. you know, because at least we hope we, we it doesn't have to work next season. Yeah, well, yeah my, and... my expectation is that full health, real pitching is everybody's game because you wouldn't want to sell everything on the hope of next year anyway. I mean, the Rays didn't sell everything either. I mean, they kind of yeah. stood pat. I think they got rid they of uh, Josh Martinez or something, and then that was it. They don't need to do anything. They know. And, and that's and it's really smart. And they know they're at the very least going to be the second best team in the division, which will guarantee them a playoff spot. And once their pitchers get healthy, those pitchers, especially if they do well, can can win them games during the playoffs. So it, it might all work out anyways in the end for them. The Dodgers and didn't that, make much moves because they don't have to. Yeah, and that's just smart. Ma- that's winning culture and winning management all around with your general manager who's not going to do the knee-jerk reaction. The Rays have been good the last, what, Andrew, two, three years with everybody that you traded, kept, and kept with the record. Same with us. San Diego has been the the bottom of a toilet seat, you know, just residue under the lid. And the biggest thing last year was getting Manny Machado, who actually played all-star caliber quality, but then they realized you actually have to – build the roster and that's why they got um 
I don't know how to say their pitcher's name, the starting pitcher, Paddock. Um, I always think Haddock like fish. Uh, and now they're adding in other names. They're realizing that we just can't do like, hey, one big manager name, one big player, and we're going to get some runs and that's it. They've been in mediocrity since Bocce headed out, right? And Bud Black kind of did some stuff back in 05. But, the, you, you you know, doing some stuff is not getting the job done. So congratulations. You've now amassed some talent. You've amassed some monies into it. Unfortunately, you're in the hardest, I would say, division in the NL or even in baseball because the way it is because Zona was last year competitive. No, no, it's just no, now like, let's just no, sell the farm and go. No, no, the NL West isn't that hard. I, the... the the way the Padres are playing, they're probably going to finish second. Would you uh, say it's a lookout thing for them? F- look out for, or, or luck out for them this year because of the second. Because I, I say in reference that it's kind of like the hardest division from the past histories. The way that um, the Rockies and uh, as a consistency well, the, basis, the Diamondbacks the were sellers. So yeah, now they are. They they did horrible uh, the last two weeks. They're 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 done. They're just done. Uh, what's up, Jacob? How you doing, my, my dude? Um, the Diamondbacks are are just they're they're done. They're they're not gonna make this postseason push. They, uh, the the Giants are trying to squeak in there with uh with probably one of those two wild card spots. I I think the the Padres are ahead of the Giants in the rebuilding quote unquote process here. So that's why they're gonna go for it now. They can at the very least finish second place and see what happens in the playoffs. That's that's all I see from them. The Rockies, uh, I don't think they're better than San Diego. They had a good start to the season, but there's always suspect with pitching, especially in Colorado, even though that was a pretty surprising aspect at the beginning of the season for them. So it is, um, uh, what was it? It is, for me, the NL West is not, hard for the Padres and of course they can beat up on the mediocre teams in the American League West so Francisco and Andrew Aside from any Houston team any team that is not your respective team that's caught your eye this season the Chicago White Sox right I mean oh. I'm gonna go with the well you continue Francisco I I, I love the makeup their, of their team and it's something that they've been building on for a while now. And I, I don't think it's one of those like, oh, it's a the 60-game sprint COVID thing that uh, it's just weirdness. I think they've been building towards this for quite a while. Uh, young players there. Um, you know, Tim Anderson. Jose Abreu is just a freaking beast uh, of, of a hitter. So I, the, the way the White Sox are destroying their opponents, though, because they, like, they win games, but they are just annihilating teams on some nights where they're just they're, they're just putting up double-digit scores. It's like, my God, what is happening on the south side? Dear Lord. Um, uh, who, well, who was high on them? I think Bleacher Report uh, was high on them with this trading deadline. Because, uh, yeah, the White Sox, a 12-2 record their last 14. A, 50, a plus 53 run differential uh, during that stretch. Uh, so, um, yeah, and they got, let's see, uh, Lucas Giolito, who threw a no-hitter. Uh, Dallas mm-hmm. Keuchel, who you know already has um, already has that experience in, in playoffs. Uh, he wasn't 
a beneficiary of the trash cans because he was a pitcher. And uh, uh, Dylan Cease uh, looks, I mean, the team, the White Sox are for real for the first time in a long time. And it's pretty exciting to watch. I, I like the White Sox because they're the other Chicago team. And I mm-hmm. think we're all kind of sick and tired of the Cubs, even though the Cubs are doing well this season too. But I think that's more because the NL Central is mediocre. The Cardinals aren't doing as well as they thought they would. The Reds have been surprisingly competent. And the Pirates are awful. And the Brewers are also awful. Uh, I guess that, on that's my, my end, uh, I mean, aside from the ones that Francisco already mentioned, as there is a single into right center by, I didn't catch who that was. Um, anyway, uh, I guess I'm honestly surprised. I'll go with the, the surprises of how badly they're doing. Um, and definitely off the top of my head is the Red Sox. And I know that they trade away Mookie. Um, they trade away Mitch Moreland. I, I, I like the way you're going just, with this. Surprise the other way. Exactly. Uh, you, you took care of the, of the surprises in a good way. I'm taking care of the surprises in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I know that they traded away Mookie. Um, and they're going through some sort of a fire sale as we are again sponsored by uh, Crusader Kings 3, a new grand strategy game from Paradox. Available now. Learn more here on the link in in the chat. Rated 10 out of 10 on IGN. Yep. Thanks, Crusader Kings 3, for supporting the stream. And once again, check out the link in the chat for more information. (laughs) Good job. Uh, Rays get a double play to not get out of the inning. It was uh, no outs. But anyway, um, the Red Sox. Look, I know that they they got rid of uh, Mookie Betts, which um, is generally considered to be a bad move. Um, it might be the... the I, if, well, I mean, the Marlins did horrible with the Miguel Cabrera trade, but there, if the if the Dodgers win the World Series, and he's going to be there for a long time now, and if they're, like, winning championships, that's that's going to be the worser trade uh, this century so far in baseball. I concur. Because the, the Tigers made it to one World Series with Cabrera. That was it. So uh, they tried as hard as they could. But the Dodgers are spending every year. They have a great farm system, great scouting department. I would I – would... I would say that that probably the Betts trade, even an NDA to be <laughs> traded to the Dodgers. Uh, Charles with the conspiracy, the tinfoil hat. I mean, tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I can't say that you're right, and I can't say that you're wrong. Uh, oh, man. Flyers almost get a goal there on the power play, but it doinks off the post. Uh, still 0-0 with 4.47 remaining in the first period. Uh, anyway, uh, I would I would say that the Betts trade is even worse than Cabrera. Even as long as they make it to a World Series, as long as they equal out what the Tigers did, I say it's worse. And let me explain why. 
don't get me wrong, Cabrera is a fantastic hitter. Um, he's got what his two thousandth hit, I think. He's gonna be in the day. Hall of Fame. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, no question. But one of his weaknesses was his defense. He was just a an average defender. He that's why he moved mean, over to first base eventually. Exactly. Yeah. He was ser- he was a serviceable uh, serviceable defender on the left side left side of the infield. I mean, he started you know, out. He was drafted as a shortstop. Played in the outfield while with the Marlins, while we had Mike Lowell and Alex Gonzalez in the infield. And when those guys were gone, he moved over to third base. Right. So again. It's not like he was a defensive liability, but he wasn't anything special either. And again, I have nothing against Cabrera. I think he's fantastic. He should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I digress. Mookie Betts, on the other hand, is ridiculous in a good way in defense. Uh, Do you guys see that that uh, that throw that he made? Yep. Uh, from the outfield to third base earlier this season. Yep. Mm-hmm. He can do that. Uh, he's a more well-rounded player than Cabrera, I'd say. And because can... Cabrera, he hits. Yeah. Uh, and but he's... Betts, Betts is fast. Betts is steal. the complete package, and he's marketable. Exactly. Baseball desperately needs. Uh... More marketable in L.A. than he would be in Boston. True. But, as I lose my headphones there, um, yeah, I, I just, assuming that they just get to a World Series, they don't even need to win. As long as they get to a World Series and, and even up with Cabre- with uh, what Cabrera did in Detroit, they it, the best trade is by far the most lopsided of this century. Let's see. What else did the Red Sox do this week? They got, uh, let's see, Mitch Moreland. They got rid of Moreland. Yep. Um, they got prospects back. And um, and Kevin Pillar mm. um, as well. It's, it's amazing. And I'm starting to get the, the sense that a lot of the reason why Tampa did so many fire, uh, so many seemingly inexplicable trades, you know, getting rid of Longoria, getting rid of, well, at the time it seemed inexplicable, getting rid of Archer. Um, uh, who, it was, we got rid of Tommy the Cam, Archer trade was of, a was a boon for the Rays. They. He was never the same. He it was the right time. And no, it was absolutely. A, it was a I, it was a right time to break up that core. But it, se- it seemed inexplicable at the time, and yet somehow they've made it work. Like Charles said, big ups uh, to the scouting team. But I'm starting to think that Chaim Bloom. Is was behind a lot of those trades because he's once again dismantling another team. In this case, it would be the Red Sox. Um, for those who don't know, he uh, came over from the Rays uh, 
over the off season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's it's crazy though because in the other sports that have salary caps, you get these rebuilding periods because you can't own everybody at the same time. You don't really need to do that in in baseball, and the Red Sox have shown recently that they're willing to to pr pay out a pretty penny to get a player. Um, you know, it's not like in the old days where they weren't you know one of the top five teams in terms of salary, which they were within the past few seasons, and now all of a sudden they're acting as if they're a small market team that can't afford anybody. And it makes absolutely no sense. Um, so I'll move on to other teams because I've kind of belabored the point on the Red Sox. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised at how well the Astros are doing, much to my chagrin. Um, although, although Altuve is doing terrible, which is amazing I trash love it. well it's the it's the guilt it is weighing him down and he's not a big guy so that's a lot of is, for him to hold up you know he is suffering a really bad case of the yips uh for those who don't know the yips is a you can't, you can't really explain it. You, it's you when you just when you see it. You just when uh, when an athlete just cannot figure it out, and it's not even, and it's to the point where it's it, he can't figure it out. It's like it's basic functions. Uh, he are they're they're not able to do. So uh, I mean, most famously lately, at least in basketball, was Markel Fultz, where the, the man literally could not get even near the, the the rim when shooting a free throw you know it, it's just uh there was an episode of bob's burgers specifically about when bob got the yips and he couldn't flip a burger but that's that's what the yips are and i i usually do not like to see the misfortune of an athlete especially when it comes to the yips because the yips can be absolutely career-ending uh, there was this guy now pitching for the Rockies who was out of the league for a couple of seasons because for some reason he... And there's no rhyme or reason as to why you get the yips. It just happens. Um, it Going back to the term inexplicable, the yips are inexplicable. You don't know if or when they're going to happen. And if they do happen, you don't know why they happen and how to get rid of them. Um... So I usually don't like to see the yips for a player, but I am loving the it's pure Schadenfreude uh, to see Altuve going through these struggles. Um, who else have we got? Um, the Nationals—they're doing terrible, twelve and twenty. They're product of injuries, though. Like Strasburg's out. I yeah, think sure, kind of this up. is kind of it's kind of a weird season for them. Uh, I, I, and I, in the World Series hangover, I guess maybe too, but no it, Rendon really, and it's not like he's doing anything with the Angels. Yeah, but sometimes you and, plug and play production. And remember, last season they started the slowest of slows, and then had 
the, the amazing run. So, but un- unfortunately, this time they don't have an extra 102 games to get it together. So, I mean, they could just have look. It's as easy as getting a into just getting one week where you're just you know uh, just cranking out wins and you're back in it. So they're not that far away from doing that. But as Charles said, they're missing some key pieces that might prevent them from doing that. Right. And then, and the, and the NL East is a dogfight, really. Um, the Braves are they're they're one of the top teams in the NL. They have a good run differential, and the Phillies are are hot right now. We'll see what happens later on. Phillies are much like other Philadelphia teams, usually fraudulent. Um, the Marlins are playing over their heads, and um, and the New York Mets are the Mets, and they do Mets things. So, uh, <laughs> ain't you, that the truth? And, and they're you know like uh, like force the Marlins to draw to fly all the way up to City Field to to try and get an easy W. Have Jacob Degrom out there, and then the Marlins beat them anyway. So, uh, so oh, yeah, have them blow a four what four run lead? Yeah, the Yankees in the doubleheader, and then lose the next one after. Yep, or uh, have their have a, a live stream accidentally start. And their GM talks about uh, what we thought was Rob Manfred, but their owner uh, trying to gauge the or trying to get the players to play the game that the, they eventually made up later with regards to not playing because of uh, the uh, latest uh, social injustice event that happened. Well, I don't want to talk about it. We've heard Brody, about it. Brody Van Wagen basically calling Manfred a clown, though, is great. <laughs> Even as ill-informed and inaccurate as it was with the information, especially since it was his the ownership. And oh, mind yeah. you, Mets ownership is clowns in of itself. We can all say this. That Will Ponds. The guys that fell up. for the Ponzi scheme, but yeah. Yeah, they messed <laughs> up. But like, if, if that is... Yeah, think about it. The Mets might suck, and they might have sucked for the last four or five years, they're still one of the most marketable, high-profile organizations. And when you have that GM, oh, mind you, Brody Van Wagen was also an agent, so he's player-specific and player-centric, I would feel, basically calling you a clown without even giving you a, a benefit of the doubt really speaks leaps and bounds of who you are as a commissioner. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, was, uh, the, the ownership just doesn't get it. They don't get it, and yeah, yeah the... the... Uh, that that was fun. That was always a fun thing. Uh, the Mariners are awful. That that's not a surprise. Um, they're still in the middle of uh, their rebuilds. Um, the Angels are awful. We talked about their awfulness, but they just keep getting more awful, which is kind of sad for Mike Trout. I mean, but they. Uh, and then yeah, his as as much as his uh, dad powers are going right now it's not nearly enough to save the angels yeah. which is, is truly a crying shame because the guy deserves at least one uh commissioner's trophy by the time his career is done the twins uh had a pretty bad week late uh recently so but they're still in it they'll probably end up with one of the wild card spots anyways um but there's a lot of mediocre teams that are going to be in this dogfight because, uh, I mean, we talked about it last week. Somebody's going to get in with a losing record uh, on both sides. And 
Uh, teams that shouldn't make the playoffs are going to make it. So everybody's in it, and everybody did something. So I, I don't know what, how much more else we can talk about this trade deadline. We're going to see how things play out now. Uh, uh, if you if you want to move on to another subject, um, I'd like to move on to college football because yes. uh, we've got Freddie here with the first edition of uh, Fred Rank for the 2020 season. Okay. Um, and Francisco, if you want to put them up, put them up on screen in a sense. Um, if Freddie, you want to explain that while I pull up uh, here, Francisco, I'm going to send the. Yep. So he he gave he has two versions. Um, what in the world? Come on. Come on. Come on. So, Fred Rank, Fred Rank Red and Fred Rank Blue? Exactly. Um, no, he... The two versions are ones that include uh, this first one I'm posting. Um, the ones that include uh, that do not include the teams that have canceled their seasons. Um, and then the next one I'm sending over is the ones that include the teams that have canceled their seasons. Um, because if you recall, um, uh, four conferences have canceled their seasons. Uh, all right, finally sent it over. And side note, for people who haven't heard about the Fred Ranks before, he's kind of a genius. He's kind of right about this stuff. He does it mm -hmm. for the NFL as well. He was scary accurate about the length of the Titans, and I was like, nah, man, we're trash, and he proved me wrong. And he's one of the few people that I will say did prove me wrong, so that's why you got to respect what Fred is bringing. Definitely. And I like the fact that he kind of split it up, too, on the presumption of canceled and not canceled, because that really dictates the time and he's popped into it and the knowledge he's spreading out there. Exactly. So this first one that's up on screen right now is the the conferences that have not canceled. As he mentioned, the MAC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and Mountain West have all canceled. So these teams will not be featured. So, uh, and then what Francisco is pulling up now appears. Yes, that's the one with the with the canceled teams. Um, as you can see, a uh, few interesting uh, interesting teams coming up. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina is on there, which is it's it's weird. Uh, I keep wanting to say that it's a surprise, but it's really not because you know they're half decent, and there aren't a lot of teams to you're losing about a about half of the. FBS membership, roughly, a um, little less. So, Freddie, if you want to explain why LSU fell so far, I mean, I I'm sure that I know the answer, but <laughs> just for the uh, general certain, audience, I guess. Certain starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, and a top wideout. 
who is an honestly good dude. That is we true. Joe Burrow. Yeah, might be a real MVP. He's a cool dude. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, they lost a lot. I would assume so. I mean, they. I mean, I remember the draft. It was just LSU, 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 LSU. I'm like, holy crap, they're gonna run out of guys. Yeah, they they a lot of guys got drafted last year. Um, Freddie, any I don't know surprise uh, teams that kind of popped up on the list. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not surprised with with uh, Cincinnati um, or App State. I'm kind of surprised that uh, uh, UNC tends to surprise people. Well, that that was one of the people, one of the teams that uh, folks were discussing uh, down here because apparently every UM fan thinks the Canes are going to go like eleven to one or something. Which... That's bull. Never <laughs> happened. I don't even know who our starting quarterbacks going to be. So, so like, yeah. the casual fans or loyal fan, you know, loyalty blinds both eyes, guys. Just remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, and Canes fans are the most irrational. Yeah, I'm surprised that Miami is up so high in 12th place. Well, anyway, uh, they landed a couple quality transfers. Did he just get another home run? Damn it, LeMayhew. The machine! Yep. It and just showed up on the to, screen. And this time he went to right. And this is why health matters, gentlemen, because he was gone for 10 days. So yeah. basically, 8 games for all intents and purposes, the way they're doing scheduling. That that, that Jack was, was brought to you by Crusader Kings 3. Ah, uh, Just like DJ LeMay, who is a 10 out of 10, just like Crusader <laughs> Kings 3. Uh, so here's an interesting question, Freddie, as I'm looking at them side by side for the first time. What happened to Boise? They're ranked 19th. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't see on, them at all. In the full in the full version, quote unquote, sandwiched between o, uh, Oklahoma State and UCF. Ah, I see. And they're nowhere to be found. Oh yeah, forgot about that. There, mm. there are another <laughs> one, huh? Duh. Totally. Duh. Forgot. Silly me. Um. So, oh, I, I actually one more. I'm surprised that Memphis isn't on there. They got the New York's uh, New Year's Six slot last year. Um, you know, the past two years, uh, they've they've taken UCF to the brink a couple of times, played them very close. Um, I mean, I know they don't have Henderson anymore. Thank God. Uh, I know one of their uh, running backs opted out of this season. Got to see how much new coach changes things. Yep, fair point. Fair point. So, uh, there were games over this past weekend. Oh, that's right. We hired their coach. That's right. He's he's, he's with us at Florida State. Um, but there were games that were actually played, right, Andrew? Yes. Uh, one game was played on Saturday night. It was um, University of Central Arkansas, UCA. Uh, what are, what are they? UCA. They are the Bears. Oh, 
Panthers, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, and then again, them against Austin P. Um, that was a let's call it interesting game. So you watched it? I did. I mean, it's Dude, college football. It's, it's, it's the opener, technically. Know, so yeah, that's loyalty right there. Oh, plus I was also modding it for RCFB, so, um, you know, maybe in the past I probably wouldn't have watched it, but, you know, compared to, because of how much I follow the sport now, and plus I was modding, uh, that's why I followed it, but that was an interesting game, because it started out with a... Uh, the first play from scrimmage uh, was a 75-yard touchdown. Um, so you have that, and then it just kind of went downhill from there for the remaining, like, who knows how long between that and maybe the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, in between, it was just a bunch of boringness, a bunch of fumbles, a bunch of uh, botched uh, punts, snaps. It was all over the place. Um, but it's college football. And I'm no longer complaining about a bad game in college football. <laughs> Let me ask you, how did it feel without a crowd? I don't know if they had a crowd or not. I didn't watch it, so my presumption they had is a, that they They care. had a limited crowd. Um, the game was okay. played out in Montgomery, Alabama. Um it was a limited crowd. It was uh, probably what you'd see at a typical South Florida game. Ayo! Sorry, that's a that's a rivalry yeah, well, joke. Right yeah. Eight percent of two thousand. So it was about two thousand people. But who knows if it was actually two thousand like people? That's there. like a high school championship game. I guess depends on the state. Yeah, yeah, that really does depend if, on the state. If 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 it's Texas, you're looking at oh yeah, close no. to five times, four times that. Yeah. Uh, but Alaska, maybe two thousand. You know, viewership was way down. I guess. Um. Uh, all right. So, um, was that how many other games were there? Was just that one? That was the only one. Just uh, just that one, okay. but um. Granted, this one didn't have North Dakota State. That is true. I, 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 well, as I was preparing this show, because uh, you know, we have our score crawl back after a long time here with, with baseball, basketball, and hockey going on. And by the way, that Celtics-Raptors uh, game, is, yeah, it's, it, all of the playoff games lately have been uh, really, really good in the NBA. Uh, so that's uh, – and, and, of course, the, the Flyers and the – Islanders game is also a good one too. That'd yeah, really interesting um, series. So we have a few games up on the uh, the docket for this week. If you just want me to run through them real quick. Yeah, hold on. Let me just put up because I do have the score crawl for college football. But when I post it up here, I don't know if it can be seen now. Where is that thing? There it is. So as you guys can see it there, there's still a lot of postpones on there. So I don't know if I was going to put that up there, but I, I see Central Arkansas State versus UAB this Thursday. Uh, Correct. Uh, uh, what's what's USA? You, 
USA versus oh, USM. Uh, South Alabama. Oh, okay, versus USM. What is that? South Mississippi? Uh, that's University of Southern Mississippi. Okay, then EKU, what is that? That's Eastern Kentucky. Versus the... Versus Marshall, then Th- you've got... Okay, MTSU. MTSU is Middle Tennessee State. Versus Army. Uh, SMU against Texas State. Yeah, uh, that, that that's as much as I can see of this crawl, and everything else is postponed. Uh, after that is Houston Baptist versus North Texas, uh, Arkansas State at Memphis. Um, you'll like this one, Francisco, on ESPN3. It's Stephen F. Austin against UTEP. Ah, all right. Go Miners. Indeed. Um, and then the, I guess you'd call it the, the big game of the weekend is going to be BYU at Navy, 8 p.m., on ESPN on Monday, so uh, it's a it's a decent looking week uh, for considering. Um, you know, a lot of games got postponed and canceled. Yeah, you, you can see three of them there. They have Rice versus Houston, uh, FIU versus what's JV State? I don't know what that is. Jacksonville State. Oh, okay. And then uh, Marshall, which I guess was against ECU, but now against EKU. So that's those are the three postponements there. I, I'll probably put up the score crawl next week for college football. We'll add it to the, uh, especially as the NHL and NBA playoffs start whittling down. So there will be space there. All right. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. Things are ramping up in a way. So that I guess. I don't know how the RCFB group is is handling it. I don't know if it's like a welcome, like relief that something is going on. I don't know. You, One you, thing. you can tell me. Um, I mean, we're handling it pretty well. Um, you know, there's a lot of shit posting going on <laughs> more than usual. Okay, that's fun. Um, it's basically but, a show, so <laughs> right. Uh, it, it's it's been a different off season. I mean, I've only been involved with one as a mod, but uh, I've been an active member uh, on the sub since we'll call it 2015. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> ah, yes. 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 Oh, beautiful. Uh, oh, thank you for reminding me, Freddie. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Five Points Vids put us th- uh, put up a video. Uh, the biggest uh, college so for, football upsets. For those who don't know, uh, 13 years to ago today, um, roughly let's call it uh, five hours ago, was when the game ended. Appalachian State, which was at the time at the FCS level came into the big house, uh, Michigan Stadium, against the Wolverines, who were ranked, I want to say, fifth at the time. And and the Islanders just score with 15 seconds remaining on the power play. They are now up one nothing on Philly with 18-40 to go in the second. Mm-hmm. As we are once again sponsored by Crusader Kings 3. Um... Game. 8 out of 10 on IGN. 8 out of 10 on GameSpot. Oh, Barry Trotz would be a fantastic war strategizer. 
that's a that's an aggregate that's an average nine out of ten. Pretty good stuff. Oh, but what, uh, so thirty-four, thirty-two. The big the big 34, upset. Thirty-four, thirty-two. Uh, that was a watershed moment uh, in the FBS FCS world because no one in their right mind expected App State to win. But there they go, taking out the number five team in the country. Um, it, and and remember, App State at that point they were already an FCS powerhouse, anyways. So right. It wasn't, they, like, it wasn't like they were the, that they were scrubs. Right, right. They they were a good team at the FCS level, but FCS is not FBS. Um, so a lot of, they were not expecting that to happen in the slightest, but there you go. So they pulled it off and that kind of opened the door a bit to FCS teams getting a bit more, uh, uh, respect. Um, and that was only heightened once, uh, North Dakota state started just beating the crap out of people. So. All right, uh, let's see. So, I, I want to go through the score crawl here. So, once again, yeah, you said the Islanders just scored on a power play, so they're up one nothing. You got one hundred two ninety nine here. Looks like Boston might eke it out, but there's still thirty four point five seconds left. So they, so real quickly on that because I'm watching it. Siakam goes for field goal for a layup. He gets fouled, or it was the ball coming. I guess they're not calling a foul, but they're trying to see if one of the players. Was inbounds or out of bounds for the Celtics, mm. and okay. there's still time. Yeah, no, so plenty of time. It, it's muy good. That was my little oof moment when I was listening to you guys on thirty-four, thirty-two. Yeah, so that that's going down to the wire here. As far as baseball, uh, Yanks up two nothing on Lemayhew, or not really the Yanks, just Lemayhew is up two nothing. You mean Lemanhu? <laughs> yeah, uh, the Cubs are winning two to one against the Pirates. The Nationals and Phillies are still nothing, nothing. The Braves, two nothing up against Boston. The Mets doing Mets things, losing three to one to the Baltimore Orioles. The Marlins losing right now, two to one to the Buffalo Blue Jays. And Detroit and Milwaukee are in the second. That game's starting, or it's in the, they're they're nothing, nothing. And that's all I can see of the sports. Oh, yeah, and the, the Cardinals are destroying the Cincinnati Reds, nine nothing at the moment. And then uh, as far as later tonight, Game 7, Utah versus Denver. That's going to be cool. Uh, and then we have uh, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Vancouver Canucks. The Knights are looking to to finish off the Canucks here and move on to the um, Western Conference Finals for the second time in their very short history. Um and I, no, I guess that takes us to the halfway point, gentlemen. We got a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts. All right, we've we've talked about our actual sponsor enough here, Crusader Kings Three. All right, we all know that it's a fantastic game. That's nine out of ten. Well, let's let's give some love to the people that aren't paying us yet. So uh, let's see. I started last week. Charles, you haven't been on in a while. All right, you I'll look, start. You looking around your room, trying to see what you, what you liked? So I, I'm going to go in on it because 
We had talked about it earlier. We're going to save it for a different segment. But you know what, man? Sometimes you can't take a half measure. You have to take a whole measure. If I thought it tasted disgusting, I wouldn't eat it. I just toss and say, I just put it all in my mouth. Another sexual and that we'll talk about in sports. Um, so for me, you guys, I have a sweet tooth. I like candy. I like brownies. I like cookies. I like them all. You know, I'm like Cardi B. I like it like that. I'm like uh, the OG song. I like it like that. Forgive me. I'm thinking on the fly, so I don't know the name of it, even though it's on my playlist for YouTube. I just like my sweets, right? So the other day, I'm shopping around the good old, you know, gas station because I had to get, you know, gas. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I want like an energy drink or something. But then I saw some candy, some overrated candy. And I knew that I wanted, because it's always overpriced at a gas station. Never buy anything at a gas station, even the uh, nachos. But I needed some sweet tooth, because I'm pretty good. You know, I was a piggy last week for the birthday week. I ate everything and anything I wanted. But one of my favorite candies, gentlemen, is Airheads. It's just been a while since, you know, I got me some Airheads. But I love me some Airheads. But they have Airhead bites. So mm. I was like, well, why wouldn't I just, like, eat the air has themselves, but they're bite-sized. So it reminds me of an old love of mine, Butterfinger BBs, which, hey, whoever makes Butterfingers, hear me out, bring those back now. And Boston just won as I'm talking. And much like Boston, it's addictive, but you don't know if you like them or not. But I had them airhead bites, man, and I was like, ah, you know, it's the mixture of the flavors, the red, the blue, the white, the green, all that stuff coming in, and the orange. And instead of just eating at the tongue fold, I'm eating it at the bite fold, and... I was like, I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I like it. As I'm like, basically done with the bag now. As of today, I kind of wish I had more. So for my sugary sensations, for my cavity causers, for a little bit of the love in my life when I need some sweets. What I'll be hoping is in the Dollar Tree section soon when it's phased out of gas stations, Publix, all like, and I'll buy them at the handful. I'm gonna give some love to the Airhead bites. I'm a big fan now. I want some Airheads in and of itself, but I think I have like two or three of them left in uh, in the little drawer that I have, and I think I'm going to pick that out right now and eat some. But uh, I like it. And here's, let me ask you guys this as a sub-question. What do you think the white flavor is? It's got to be like a pineapple base, right? It's weird, but Airhead Bites, get some. Get some. <laughs> you know, promo code, uh, bring back the BBs. Bring right. back Butterfinger BBs. Too I much, know. so bring back Bite Size. So Airhead Bites. I forgot to post them up on the screen here, bro. We're going to take a look at them right now. Oh, yeah, there they are. Airheads.com. They got their candies here. Look at that. Oh, they have sour versions? I got to get up on that. <laughs> you just found that uh, out. Oh, yeah, there they are. Airheads I'm, Extreme. I'm the impulse buyer, guys. You sure already know this by the way I talk about food. The but power I of advertisement. Look at that. As soon as Charles saw he's like, that's a sour version? Yeah, yeah. soft. Oh, they got filled. Oh, they got fillings in these. Wow, that's uh, a little sacrilegious. All right. Sometimes oh. you don't want that peanut butter with your chocolate, guys. You, you got the gummies. <laughs> wow, you got the gummy soft versions. Bite? You got gum. You got no. That's Airheads Extremes bites. Yeah, those I want. Mm -hmm. I want those. The sourfuls. So yeah, there they there they go. Freddie's anti-non-sponsors are Lucas Giolito and Adam Wainwright for taking me down in fantasy last weekend. Well, well, we gotta do a we gotta do a fantasy segment because people who get baseball and basketball guys are ballsy. That's all I can say on that. Mm. Uh, now I want some more. I want the extreme sours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on Amazon and have it shipped to you. 
Don't do this um, to me. Uh, All right, my turn. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my dog spots of the week are Amy Lou chicken burgers. Do I know this? Wait, Amy Lou no chicken? Is this another oh, impulse wow. buy that I should get it on? Now? You should. So it's spelled A-M-Y-L-U. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go now. A-M-Y. Oh, I thought it was like, okay, it's all one word. Okay, all right. Yep. Uh, they are exclusive chicken products. Although my person, the only ones that I've tried are their chicken burgers. Um, oh, a chicken sandwich? I see it No, there. it's a, it's, it's a chicken it's, patty. So it's made out of ground ground chicken. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got... I got, you got a lot... Yeah, I got three flavors here, or two of them actually. Uh, the two that the two that I've tried, one of them you see is the kale and mozzarella. Mm-hmm. The other is the um, cheddar onion. Uh, I prefer the kale version, uh, the kale mozzarella over the cheddar, but the cheddar is also very good. Uh, life hack: scoop it in some guacamole. Oh. Ah. So, um, good buddy. Okay, they have bread. I'm just making sure they have the buns. I'm blind. So how was it with the guacamole? Well, it doesn't come with buns. It's just but... the patties. And then you oh, make well... the you make the burger yourself. Okay, because my anaconda don't want unless you got buns on. Sorry, I had to set you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just get your own buns, my friend, because these are freaking delicious. Um, the guac uh, adds an incredible uh, flavor punch to it. Not that, not that it's needed, because the burger just by itself is incredibly good. Um, very low calories, too. Uh, only 170 calories per, per patty. Um, just very delicious stuff. Highly recommended. Ten out of ten. Just like our non-sponsor, uh, like our sponsor, Crusader Kings Three. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, sheesh, man. They, they, they are, they are, they're very supportive this episode. It's Listen, like the it's time very that... rare. Side note: It's very rare that we get actual sponsors of video games that actually is rated that high. So good on them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're they are freaking. That's like the sixth time that they've shown up on screen so all right go go and get it folks Jeez, it's a good game you've got a pc if you're into that real-time strategy rpgs uh so yeah uh my my non-sponsor is amy Lou uh chicken burgers promo code wait a second uh not a home run but a ground rule double for the raise uh just over the 318 foot mark over and left anyway uh Promo code burgery goodness. Uh, and the chicken sausages already look good. I'm already kind of craving that. Mm, talk Charles, about that. That should talk that about innuendo. Okay, so, but when I just want to eat chicken, the, the healthy, and I just had a promo about like the most 
unhealthiest thing. <laughs> I feel, is this my intervention? All I need Francisco to be like, oh, hey, my next non-sponsor is diabetes. And then it's just done. Well, it's not diabetes. But... Habanero and tequila? Wait a second, what? Wait, there's a habanero and tequila okay, chicken so sausage? The... Oh, Andrew, and... I thought we were trying to fight not just my uh, bad health habits, but my alcoholism. How dare you bring this upon me? I want that now. <laughs> it's only 100 calories per length. That's not bad at all. Jeez, gra grab a hot dog bun and just go to town. Dear Lord. Um, and so if I have it without a bun, is it just a sausage? A yeah, chorizo? So. If it's iced? I guess that would technically be a sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pork. pork. Uh, and I want to correct something before we move on. It was not a ground rule double that just occurred. It was an automatic double, is what it's actually technically called. Which, Did it bounce outside? Uh, it, it hit the ground and bounced over the fence. Yeah. And that one just straight up went over the fence, didn't bounce or anything. That's a two run shot to right field. For KK Kevin Kiermeyer, his third of the season, and we are now knotted up in the top of the fifth in the Bronx. It's gonna be a fun month. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, but anyway, uh, just quick fun fact. I'll, then I'll move on to you, Francisco. I found out there is actually a distinction between a ground rule double and an automatic double. I did not know this. A ground rule double is something where, like, it gets stuck in the ivy at Wrigley, it gets stuck in a fence, it... Yeah. Something that is unique to... The ballpark. ...that field, whereas an automatic double is something that can happen in any field, which, in this case, would be bouncing over the fence. Ah, Okay. I did not know that. That was very enlightening to me when I found out. Um, and I just, before we moved on, I had to correct myself. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, promo code, like I mentioned, is Burgery Goodness. Now on to you, Francisco. Okay. Well, my non-sponsor is YouTube. and <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it was just kind of funny because they kind of copyright struck us. And we are currently not streaming on YouTube at the moment because uh, we were bad naughty boys for streaming uh, our good buddy Gary Bettman's uh, precious hockey games, uh, even though it was on a very tiny screen that I didn't think anybody could make out. But apparently the YouTube ninja algorithm did. So we've been bad boys. We are banned from streaming for the next three months. But the... The copyright strike process was super funny because you go to copyright strike school, much like you go into traffic school for, for getting a ticket. And it was a happy, uh, happy tree friends episode teaching you about copyright law. And that was most surprising to me and most pleasant. So I kind of I, like I've been on YouTube since 2006 with my other channel. Never got a copyright strike, nothing, n none of that nature. And that was the first time we ever got into, uh, uh, we, we, we were bad boys. And I am very, very happy with the results. But that's not the reason I'm, I'm, I'm talking about YouTube. 
but it's kind of a side reason now, now that that's happened. Um, uh, it's because of uh, two YouTubers that I found. Uh, one is Sumito Media. So, okay. Uh, and this guy reviews memes. Uh, he does a, a meme show. Here he is talking about the, the rise and fall of Ben Shapiro in meme culture. Uh, he does meme critiques. Uh, this Week in Memes, we talked about the latest week in memes. Uh, and it's just a funny show. It, 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 makes, it makes sure that I know how, uh, how the fellow kids are doing. So I, I, I'm not seen as an old fart. Uh, and it's it's just a fun show. I like it. I just like his media. I, I like the way he presents it, and, and teaches like uh, like you know when he when he compares the swole dog versus teams. I don't know if you guys have seen this meme, but it is a uh, it's it's pretty funny to me, and I like it. And I just I, I love memes. Memes are funny. We see memes all day, every day. And it's a one-stop shop for the latest in memes. So uh, shout out to Sumito Media. Uh, I like I like this uh, very much. So, um, uh, so that's that's one guy. So Sumito Media, and then the other one is another one that I've been watching like crazy the last week is Ordinary Things. So. Um, his channel just takes a look at ordinary things. It's basically like a historical uh, view of these things that we um, take for granted or have seen in our lives. So he's talked about McDonald's, Ronald McDonald's history, uh, the Nintendo GameCube, uh, the Great Egg Industry Infowar, the collapse of the Soviet Union. It's all types of subjects here: the bitcoins, trading cards, malls. Uh, just so many different subjects, but it's very well produced. And he's 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 from England, and it's a uh, he's got the accent, which kind of makes you think he's smarter. And uh, it's a fun fun episodes, a fun uh, content that he's posted up here. So the rise and fall of emo, and it's a lot of stuff that I've and you and all of us have experienced in our lives. The luxury history of beds. Stuff I didn't know about, and uh, fedoras—the rise and fall of fedoras. You know, only only neckbeards wear fedoras nowadays. And well, Indiana Jones, but hey, that's not. <laughs> and just fun. It's, it's fun, fun. Two two YouTube channels there. Ordinary things. Sumito Media. Uh, pro, promo code. Um, uh. Don't let your memes be dreams. Mm. All right. That comes from Sumito. Fun. Uh, just mad that he looks like a diddler if he wore. Hey, I could pull off the fedora. Uh, you, you know, you know my hat collection. All right. Mm. Uh, you, you know I could pull it off. If I, um, and I could always just go the route of uh, the old Cuban guy route. You know, just wear the uh, the Tommy Bahama shirt with the fedora. I mean, hey, Jimmy Butler pulled it off too. When he when he came to Miami, I, I would look like a child trying to cosplay as Indiana Jones, <laughs> so that's why I can never do it. It's the same reason why I can do like the Panama Jack look. Yeah. Hello there, little boy. Did you lose your dad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, 
those are my two. Once again, Crusader Kings, man, you guys are on it today. Sheesh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go, just buy it. Just go get it. Sheesh, what are you waiting for? Just download it. It's on Steam, probably. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna. I mean, I'm still gonna be here, and I'll put any sort of. I don't know. Input in there that I can. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna probably check out because you guys are gonna talk about basketball now. I'm sure. <laughs> well, if you if you say that you're checking out, then we might as well talk about basketball, right? I, I'm still gonna be here. Oh, okay. I, I'm not leaving. It's just this is my. I have no idea what's this, going this on is, here. This is your bathroom break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I hope you got 20 minutes reserved because Francisco and I, you know, going to talk a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. So basketball, we're finally into the second round for the Eastern Conference at the very we, least. We just finished a game two of a semifinal. Uh, so let's the Miami Heat's. My my good friend Sir Charles here. Oh boy, Greek gods are fallible. Senor Jimmy Kratos Butler, <laughs> putting in the work. Well, boys and girls, a little bit about some Greek history. Forget what you learned in school, because Sony and the PlayStation games tell us that every Greek god is you know fallible as opposed to infallible. Because all it takes is one angry man. With an, an agenda and a thirst to prove himself and no fear and he will F you up in a couple of years he will F up some Norse guys can't wait for that sequel because that's what Jimmy Butler's done he did that to his former team well no he didn't necessarily do it to his former team he's just been kind of doing trouble I'm thinking about throughout the years of what his reputation was being an angry guy hard to work with hard to get along with always coming in with an agenda. Then he comes to Heat Culture this year after the sign trade from the Phillies, or not the Phillies, the 76ers. They gone. So what happens? They sweep the first round against the Indiana Pacers, who fired Nate McMillan, which they shouldn't have. Just saying that right now. Not his fault that your best man, was injured. But wait, hey, what have you. I guess there's no justification for a sweep. But that doesn't matter because you know who is just leaving stuff to be left behind to be sweeped up by a broom? Jimmy Kratos Butler. Destroying Giannis Antetokounmpo, who does not have the killer edge that Jimmy has. Jimmy had what forty points with his daddy Dragic, right hand man Goran Dragic, putting in some things. And I gotta tell you, Francisco, we were chatting up yesterday. We had talked about how to kind of destroy the Bucks in the past. We kind of, you know, talked about the concerns about the third quarter of yeah. how we just let it go. And I have expressed my concerns where if you don't make Giannis sweat, it's not going to work out pretty well for you, right? you got to kind of put it on him. Yeah. I thought Orlando had it with that first game. They had a couple of games that maybe kind of looked close, but you don't know. But then Miami Heat, because they have a real coach. Not that Mike Budenholzer is not a real coach. Mike Budenholzer is one of the best coaches out there without a ring at the moment because he has made two franchises into number one seeds in the last, what, seven years with the Atlanta Hawks, with just yeah. their biggest name was Jeff Teague and Paul Millsap. Yeah, just younger, a, middle -aged a group Paul of Millsap. dudes, yeah, at that time. And then now he's doing that with Milwaukee. And here's the thing to consider, you guys. You know, Giannis has been around the block a little bit. Now they're just kind of developing in and of itself. But yesterday was a determination. It was a show of two men, because it wasn't just Jimmy Kratos Butler. Bam Adebayo, you know, how about we call him Damn, Adebayo, because yeah. them rebounds, what, 18, I believe? 
Let's see. Uh, let's see. Bam's final numbers. And th these are... Okay, so first, Jimmy Butler. 40 points, uh, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Uh, bam. 12 points, 17 rebounds, 6 mm. assists, 2 steals. Uh, and, and then you got Gore on here. 27 points, uh, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. Uh, I mean, those are... <laughs> those, those are your guys incredible yeah yeah and the, the thing about bam is bam's going against two big men as he's trying to rebound it's Giannis and it's brooke lopez yeah you know two guys who are over seven feet two guys who stretched the floor and he was primarily on uh brooke because they were leaving jimmy and uh jameson crowder to kind of deal with or yeah yeah jay, jay crowder because i think jameson crowder who used to be a wide receiver i think he's yeah. on the Jets now um, going over there and blocking Giannis, and that's such a big height disparity. But suppose, like, I know how to coach defense. I know how to make my guys kind of switch up properly on the defensive end when the picks come in. We know what to do, and they're just laying out there, and they're making uh, Giannis sweat. I mean, he had the, good stats, so let me not make it seem like we he, shut him out. I mean, the way that they were defending Giannis is, is they're, they're not letting him get comfortable with one guy defending him. So they're throwing different looks at him. You got uh, you, you throw Andre Iguodala at him. You throw um, uh, Bam at him. And who else was guarding him? Was was it Kelly? Jimmy, I think had him. But, uh, yeah, Cole, Kelly like was there on the switch up. Right. Exactly. Time. But it, they're different looks at every time. So he doesn't get comfortable with because it, you know if if you have the same guy defending you throughout the game and you just know that you're better than him or or you figure out the way to get around him then. Then you then Giannis will have a field day, but he couldn't get comfortable at any point during the game. I mean, heck, for most of that game, it was Chris Middleton that was keeping the Bucks Dirty. in it. Middleton, and then um, with a little bit of love with Brooke Lopez too. Yeah, it was just I mean, he threw twenty four points. Yeah, big, big man shouldn't have those. And looking at Giannis' stats, he got a double double: eighteen points, ten rebounds. But for a guy that was almost close to averaging thirty. Right, um, a game in the season, it was pretty concerning. I would feel for Boonholzer. He had six turnovers. That's kind of a lot. That's always kind of the concern about big men handling the ball anyway, is that they're not going to be able to kind of catch with a fast pace of everything else. And then furthermore, as the music on this ad hits as I'm talking to you, um, Giannis was in some foul trouble, but he was missing them free throws because he only had three personal fouls throughout the game. He just got those early, but... You know, he plays pretty solid defense despite the fact he's defensive player of the year. We're going to talk about that in a second. But going 4 12 at the line, you're just missing. Not every big man can get everything. And what the best big man gets about 80% of the field at most. Um, I don't know what his numbers are at the field. I can check that instead of being lazy. But you're leaving points on the floor, but you're showing like an intimidation factor that's mm -hmm. not necessarily there. And sometimes, and the guy who said it yesterday best is Chris Paul is that, you know, there's some guys who are built for that, who have that clutch sheet, who is that fourth quarter. Right. And Giannis, I don't know what Giannis is, because you guys think they were supposed to be projected as the best team last year. They were the number one seed, and they lost to a better team in Toronto, who seems to be getting, like, winded, man. We're going to talk about that, because I don't want to get them all too much in, but it's been a while right. since we spoke basketball, so I'll try to keep it lined up. But what is going to be Giannis's excuse if either, A, they you know, they essentially don't make it out, or B, they have to struggle and it takes seven games to beat the Heat. We didn't have Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe's not even your second-best player. It goes Giannis, and then it goes... Um, Middleton. 
Middleton, and then mm-hmm. maybe Eric Bledsoe. But Eric Bledsoe's just at that, like, I'm weird inconsistent with everything I do, so I don't necessarily believe at your excuses. You're a fully built team. You have an excellent coach who knows how to do an offensive speed up of everything else. I mean, the one concern about um, Budenholzer is he doesn't play his uh, starters that long. And, I, and in the long run, that's smart, but I mean, you know, that's how you... As far as the, the minutes were spread, so the Heat played... Let's see. They 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 played Jimmy, Jay Crowder, Bam, Duncan Robinson, Goron, Kelly, Tyler Hero, who uh, we'll talk about him later, um, mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn, and Igodala. So uh, Olenek had the least minutes, seven minutes, and then Jimmy was there for thirty six minutes. There, Milwaukee played uh, Middleton, Giannis, uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, Matthews, uh, George Hill, uh, Connaughton, Williams. Uh, Mason, only a minute and 40 seconds, and DiVincenzo and Korver. Uh, we have who... a score update in Toronto. Uh, looks like Claude Giroux uh, deflected a shot in. Uh, now 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I see it up in... there. We're at the 409 mark in the second period. So, I'm... Hockey's just awesome. It's great. Uh, 1-1 between those two teams. It's still 2-2 out in Yankee Stadium. It's 2-2 now between uh, Miami and Toronto. So we've got some good games tonight, folks. And we haven't even gotten to the Game 7. We haven't even gotten to the wrestling. We'll talk about that yeah, later. We're, we're here for a bit, right? Mm. It's an exciting night for sports. Um, to contribute a little bit to the heat before we jump into the other ones, Jimmy is kind of a scary, confident shooter because he's not known for making threes, but he was just making some uh, – he was making the try-me threes. They're not right. even heat-check threes. It's just like it's the F-U kind of threes. And I was I was so about it. We were we were joking around about getting the chubs. But between him <laughs> and Dragic, who <laughs> – I'm going to look at our, 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 our chat oh, here. I'm going to say it. <laughs> but with Goran, it's just I'm going to miss him next year because that – that flexibility with the money, unless he's going to take anything lower than ten million, which yeah. I don't think he is, nor should he, you know, because I don't even think we can get him on the ten. I think we got to get him around the eight mil stand up, and he he's a starting, a low starter six man on any other team. So go get your money, buddy. We can't get you, but the idea is that Robinson and Hero can kind of ball handle a little bit, and so can none. Um, Kendrick kind of came out there a little bit. He had he let up some shots, but the way that the Bucks were shooting them threes, they were always going in anyway. Tyler, you just keep shooting, young fella. Unlike a past Tyler, yeah. Tyler Johnson, who was just not confident at all oh, as a shooter. Lord, and don't, somehow, don't talk to me about Tyler Johnson. I, I, ha- I have to talk do about it. Do not bring his names into this. <laughs> I have to do it because let's talk for, for Andrew's purposes. Tyler Johnson was supposed to be the next the next wave. That's oh. an agreement six years ago. And he, he was talked about being groomed as D-Wade's successor, even though they have completely two different styles of play. And he was so viable that the Nets were like, hey, we'll do the poison pill package of a contract offer when he was a restricted free agent of, what, four years, $44 million. And that's when the cap hit was so high that they, or the, uh, yeah, yeah the, when the it cap just number was so high, up, they could just... Yeah. They could just like put out any money, so we got pressured out. We don't want to pay Wade. We pay Tyler four years, forty-eight million, I think. He gets busted up the last two years, and then we trade him to. Did he go to the Nets, and then they trade him to the Suns? I think that's where the rotations yeah, I landed. I think he ended up, yeah, in Phoenix. 
Whereas Hero has just kind of been everything he needed to be coming out of a Coach Cal world, mm-hmm. um, where just shoot the threes because you know you can actually shoot, but you just might be off sync. He hustles very well. Um, might not be the best defensive guy, but he at least has a hand in the face, which and is all you he, can ask he, for. He'll learn. I mean, remember, this is his rookie season. Still. Yeah, but... You know, basketball, it's a, you know, some guys only have one year to be a rookie and be a prominent player looking at you, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, and then they just disappear, right? So that, Basketball is that sport. You know, you, how much leeway, you get leeway to be on other teams. But, I mean, if you shoot that, if, the way he shoots threes, he's going to get tons of leeway. That, that's a long leash right there. I hope so. But, um, it, but it, it's interesting. And Duncan Robinson is just coming in and... He has this weird mixture of he's too big to be a small, uh, shooting guard, too small to be a small forward. But damn it, if you can get him the ball when there's a pick set up and he's got a speed set in, that's a shooter that you want in there. Right. So it, it's a good dynamic. Do I think the Heat are going to win? Nah, I never really said they were because I think it's a bad matchup. But it's not as if just because there's a bad matchup means there's going to be a sweep. The yeah. same way it can be attributed to me and the Trailblazers. Mind you, I will say that my prediction would have gone to six if Damian Lillard didn't have to break his knees carrying that damn team. So I'll hold on to that theory. But it's exciting because you want to be in the head of Giannis because Giannis is still young. I don't want to say he's immature, but he looks a little scared. And I sent that tweet to you guys in the chat from uh, Tim McMahon saying that all-stars would say, or former or current players would say they wouldn't want Giannis as defensive player of the year because he just listens to his coach as opposed to asking for the best guy. You know who always asks for the best guy to defend? LeBron James. Yeah. You know, and I agree. And this whole year they were saying Anthony Davis should have been the guy. And I don't watch a lot of West Coast games because, you know, too damn late in the day. But I know Davis was putting that work offensively. But while I was looking at his uh, defensive stats, guy was an animal. He was His shot efficiency or people were trying to shoot against him was lower. Um, he had his blocks as always. So, there's some cause and concern for it because is it the most favored child? And I, I truly believe that is Giannis. I don't even think he should have been MVP last year. I thought that was Harden. I thought Harden should have been in the back-to-back. Harden's numbers were higher. His assists were good. You know, I think it was just on the product of being on the Rockets, who were expected to be great, whereas the Bucks didn't weren't expected to propel that much. And I think right now we love, as voters in the sport world, not political world, we love the as voters in the sports world, we love a big man who can do everything, right? Can facilitate, can shoot, to have a little bit of offensive finesse, and we fall in love with it, and we become enamored, and we make excuses for it. Um, so it's one of those things where I can see the argument, like, did we? is he really deserving of being Defensive Player of the Year yeah. because he's a big man who's scoring 30 in the offense of the ass? And I think it's also just a byproduct of Mike Budenholzer being great because that's literally what he did in Atlanta. I'm just yeah. going to give you, like, the names. I mean, he Kyle Korver is that- Kyle Korver's here. Horford, Horford, Horford was your Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think people realize that young, big, seven-foot man who can shoot from three and then spot up. Doesn't play post because they're kind of soft, which is what I said get on Giannis on, right? Because he can get in foul trouble. So it's interesting. I mean, he got into foul trouble at yeah during the the halfway before the halftime of that game. He was already at three fouls. It was two offensive fouls, too. Yeah. That's what the interesting part was. Cause he, and here's the thing, too. Charges are never freaking called, man. Like, it is clear and it is evident. Like, if you just kind of have a cramp in your toe, they'll be able to see it and say it's not a charge. But he charges, man. I'm just saying. I don't care what anyone says. You know, he's coming at you. Or offensive fouls, whatever, whatever new names that you have for it. He's coming at you. 
you know, and I just wishing someone would just kind of like give him the old chair slip and it would just fall on Buss's face. Likeable guy. I don't know if he's the face of the NBA that you want because there's something about him that doesn't scream NBA-ish, right? But this is the new generation. Though I couldn't tell you what the new face of the NBA is. That's a good debate I want because I, I'm going to transition to the next playoff series. You talk about what I think the new faces of the NBA are. Let me tell you about a guy who I always knew was special. It was just he was drafted to Utah. Donovan Mitchell. And you talk about a guy who has earned my respect. He really wasn't doing anything too crazy, but he still got some love. Jamal Murray. Mitchell and Murray, my goodness, boys. If I can get this and they can keep each other in respective teams for the next seven years, I want this. I need this. It is what is required of me for, as a basketball fan because they are straight-up ballers. Like I read a tweet that said, hey, don't even have the Jazz players versus um, the Denver Nuggets. Just have those two going at each other one-on-one, -on -one, and I would pay money for it. Pay-per-view, like Tiger and uh, you know Nick – or yeah, lefty. I forgot his name right now. I don't care right now. We're in a different sport. We're not in golf. Let me get those two going on right now. You know, Mitchell and Murray, because it has been lights out, 50 points, 40 points. I'm doing everything. And I think you would agree with me on this one, Francisco, and I want to hear your thoughts on it because I've been stealing sucking air here. But as a team of an East Coast uh, base – when you look into a West Coast base that's non-Lakers, non-Clippers overrated, my God, do you not want to support either of the teams that those guys play for? Oof. Oof. Get rid of Ruby Gobert before you get rid of Donovan Mitchell. That's all I got to say. You know what's crazy? Neither of those teams are fully healthy. Gary Harris just came back. They don't have Rodney Hood over in Utah, who's a foundational scorer for them. But Mitchell and Murray are definitely, they're the forefronts here, man. Oh, for the future? Ooh. Oh, yeah. And you know what's crazy about that for Denver, why it's important for Jamal Murray, is because Jamal Murray wasn't the highlight of that team. Yes, he got an extension, five years, 125, I believe. That was Jokic's team. The last two years' transformation of being a top three contender. Remember, this was the number one team in the West last year. But a top three contender, because of the third seed here, 
is because yeah, are they the Thursday or the fourth? Huh. Nah, I just realized I was over. muted that entire time that I was talking. Oh really? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do a well. I'll have a so Charles is just sitting there like so whoever listened to that is like why is nothing so, so happening? Speaking speaking of memes, you ever see the Christian Bale and Kermit the Frog meme in Kermit's face and then Christian? Bale, uh, that's us right now. Um, coming. Uh, this is say I talked about John Morant. Uh, out in Memphis, and um, the guys out the in Utah, is bright. Denver, yeah, uh, Luca in in, Dal- in Dallas. Uh, Crusader Kings three is great. Uh, that was basically what I said. Um, as as we always say, it wouldn't be sports goofs if there wasn't a goof going on, right? Um, but I've loved it. Jamal Murray has outshined Jokic. Mike Malone deserves all the praises for being that I'm barely trying to keep his head on a swivel in Sacramento, and now he's just kind of proving everybody wrong. Quinn Snyder is um, constantly underrated. The scouting team in Utah has just done a good job of yep. who to draft, go from there. Even train for Mike Conley, who's had a better postseason than he has in the main um, and the regular season guy that you're going to want for the next couple of years. I'm excited to see where that's going into because the rest of the West, and the, I guess we'll transition a little bit to the East playoffs to kind of do a lighter glossing of it, isn't necessarily sexy. Clippers, I ain't scared of you, man. If it wasn't for Chris Porzingis tearing his MCL, which is a bus signing and trade at this point, I'm calling it, um, you guys were putting a hard fight against basically Luca and then the brass balls that he was carrying because yeah, yeah. everybody else is just such an average player on that team that there's no one else that's exceptional. Chris Stapps is a step above it, but if you can't play, man, you're useless. If, be injured during the season, but if you're injured during the playoffs, there's something we can do for you. Yeah, like right? And it's, yeah, and it's always the needs, but we're not going to solve Chris Ball right now because we're going to give him some love. Well, let's we're just hope he survives this Game 7 because he hasn't survived past Game 7s. Well, at, at 34, I, I'm going to give him the excuse. But Clippers, it's very scary. Marcus Morris, or was it Markeith? I think it was Marcus. Why, why are you hating on Luca for schooling you, man? You know, I, I know it's getting a little hustle, but we don't need that bushwhack stuff going on here. You know, just just he's going to score on you anyway. You're 30. Past, time's passing you by. The youth is here. Don't be a punk about it. Clippers get lucky, and I think they get the winner of this Utah Jazz-Denver Nuggets game. Mm-hmm. And, man, is that a bad matchup. Oof. That's such a bad matchup for them because, all right, sure, you have... That's going to be um, a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight, but if Paul George fails you, if Paul George fails <laughs> you, and it's been happening... And, and it's a reputation thing, too, with Paul George. Other other defenders know. Other players, like, they can get in his head. Well, Francisco, we only see PG-13 movies because at that time, it's the movie that we only see, but we really want to see the R for the nudity, violence, and gore, and Donovan Mitchell is killing it. That's why he's the radar superstar. That's a wrestling reference. I just had to pop it out there, but I don't know if they would match out well because here's the thing. If Paul George fails, then you're really hoping that Kawhi Leonard, who's not Mr. 30 points a game, steps up. Ivaka Zubak is really your big, and he's going to get eaten alive by Rudy Gobert. At most, it's just you reduce Gobert a little bit, but if Gobert can get his head in the game, then ugh. Same thing logic applies if it's Denver. I'm just now rooting for Utah, so that's my presumptions, right? But what else are you going to go on? Patrick Beverly, who's just a ball handler, defensive guy, that's one thing. And then are you working on Lou Williams to kind of be your stroke? But you're going to have to put those minutes in, and if you match up against Denver... Gary Harris would be fully back. Maybe he gets into that body fit rotation. Mike Malone's going to be smart with those minutes. Jamal Murray, who is just going to be like, hey, I'm more than just a meme of what happened on my Insta. 
So <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. I got the goods. And trust me, boys and girls, he's got the goods and the skills here with the ball because, damn, that guy. He's like back-to-back 40-plus points, man. Like three in a row. That's ridiculous. And playoffs? And then you have Jokic, who's just going to do the same thing. Oh, and mind you, he spreads out and shoots the ball. I don't think they kind of make it. Going to Houston, Oklahoma. Oh, man, it's been so good. Except for that one blowout game. Because for Andrew's purposes, hopefully he's listening, a lot of star players on both teams used to be on the other team. So it was like a a double-triple trade. It's like, you know, Game of Thrones, Super Betrayals, and Clash of Kings, you know, book two, season two kind of stuff. Because you have Russell Westbrook playing against his former team, Chris Paul playing against his former team, James Harden also playing against his former team that he's been perennially great without them. But also it's just been a testament of how, you know, Billy Donovan has been doing excellent coaching out and also a very big awareness of how lacking that Thunder team is because, man, I'm like looking at that roster. I'm like, it is not, it's Danilo Gallinari. He's a a dirty former Gators coach. I know that, but man, what a job he's been doing out there. He got two NCAA championships for a reason. Yeah. and, And Chris Ball being on board for the whole thing. And basically telling him I'm all in, and them just like okay, let's do this, and they are doing it. And I, th- I thought I was worried about OKC's future, you know, after losing everybody, but they're in good hands. They, they're in very good hands for the future now. And Chris Paul is the steward that's going to get those, uh, this new team that's, that's uh, trying to find their legs and in the playoffs and everything else, it, this is invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. And if they and win this you, series, holy crap. And mind you, they still have like seven draft picks to make that leverage. Oh, the the ring in has gone swimmingly well. Smoothly. Smoothly. Because here's the thing, too, is, is that if any of those picks were lottery protected, it was not going to happen because the expectation was the Clippers were always going to be so good for the next couple of years that it was always going to be with OKC. But here's the thing, too. You keep this model of consistency and winning, and Andrew, understanding this of the knowledge of free agency and basketball, uh-huh. dudes want to come to a culture place, especially in basketball. So if they're seeing that there's hope and potential and some money involved and good coaching that knows how to play the game that for a guy they want to play for, guys, they're going to jump into yeah, it. Yeah, guys will spurn going to the big market areas that's why nobody goes to the new york Knicks. people are going somewhere else it's and they spend money in oklahoma too we've seen that they've just been spurned yeah because they still have to eat the chris ball 41 million dollars in two years keep yeah. that in mind all right but who'll get a buyout we know who'll get a buyout right yeah well all right so that's our that's our look around basketball i don't want to keep andrew out too long now what? Is, is, are you someone talking to me? <laughs> What's up, dude? How you doing? You still alive back there? Yes. <laughs> it's still only 2-2 between the Yanks and the Rays. Um, and um, since you began your your basketball quest, uh, the the Flyers uh, put another one on the board, so oh, it's 2-1. Yeah, going into that. The, going into is that second intermission. Is this the uh, is this the big game for the Flyers? Is this game six, seven, five kind of thing going on? I don't know. I I don't know what's going on in hockey, so maybe it's my turn to be quiet for a bit. Yeah. This is game. This is game five. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders are up three to one. Mm-hmm. So this Fighting is for the do or die for them. 
Yep. And normally I don't give a damn about who will be playing in the next round. It could be New York, it could be Philly, I don't care. What I do care is I want this thing to go to seven games. Okay. You want the exhaustion? You want the battle? I want them to be absolutely exhausted. Okay, so let's. So this is a great segue into hockey talk. I want, I want, I want uh, game five, game six, and game seven to all go to five <laughs> overtime. <laughs> no, well, the the bolts are finally getting a nice rest after the freaking fight that they had with the Blue Jackets and even the Bruins now because. All right, so well, let's let's jump into it. So Tampa Bay Lightning versus Boston Bruins. Lightning win the game in five, but of course it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, and a five-game victory is still a super difficult thing to do because each game is a freaking dogfight, and this one was not to mention that two of the games went to overtime. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So over the full series, so overall, so game one. Boston wins three to two. Uh, so uh, game two, and that that one went to overtime, right? Game one. Uh, no, 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 that wasn't game. Um, what was it? It was uh, game two. We won two. all of our game... overtime. We won all of our overtime games this postseason. Yeah, game two was the one that went into overtime. That was a four to three win. And then this mm-hmm. is the big one: the the game three shellacking, seven to one, which. Yeah, we we beat the living bejesus out of them. Which I think was the Lightning's statement game. To sh- to basically definitively say that we don't care about the Bruins. We're not scared of you. And not only that, we are so much better than you guys that it's not even funny. Because, and I said this during the regular season. Uh, because the Lightning didn't start off so hot to to start the regular season. Boston did. But over the course of the season, the Lightning got back into the swing of things and were catching up to the Bruins at the top of the Atlantic Division. And then, you know, uh, was it on Game Grumps? Because Game Grumps is monetized on YouTube. They can't say coronavirus or COVID-19. So basically, or, or pandemic, whatever. They basically just say uh, that's when the Backstreet Boys World Tour started, and that's <laughs> that's the that's the secret term for the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, so that what, the, in six years, when it mutates, you can say Backstreet Back, all right? That's <laughs> basically it. <laughs> Whoa! I almost died there. Um, <laughs> I finally broke Francisco. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, uh, where was I going with this? All right, so uh, when that happened, the Lightning had, I don't know if the NHL app still has the standings from the regular season. Let me see. Okay, they did. So the Lightning were at 92 points <clears throat> at 70 games played, and Boston was <clears throat> was at 100 points. But the Lightning were only one game behind in the win-loss column. So Boston had 44 victories. Tampa had 43. And Boston had 12 overtime victories. Tampa had uh, six. So Boston had technically lost more games than the Lightning did. And the Lightning were, if this was baseball or basketball, 
the lightning would be jumping over them eventually in the regular season. <coughs> Holy crap, am I dying? Hold on. Let me take a drink of water. Andrew, keep taking over. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Charles, any questions? Yes. So, Flyers, they're coming out. They were the number one seed in the East, right? Or whatever side they come from. Yes, it's the East. They go to the Islanders. How big of an upset or a letdown is it for them? Because I know they weren't necessarily predominantly the best team in the NHL to get that one seed, but the way they did the round robin play in, they got lucky. Am I correct in that assessment? Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. All right, so basically it would be a big-time flub for them to F up this badly. Uh, it, mm, okay, so... It's tough to say. Honestly, Andrew... Are they just grateful to be there? No, no. Andrew, uh, I think you can kind of agree with me here. Yes, Stanley Cup playoffs are not like NBA playoffs where, you know, a one seed no. is is definitely going to be an eight seed. Like An eight seed would beat the hell out of a one seed then. It's it's happened time and time before. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, the, the Los Angeles Kings won a Stanley Cup being the eighth seed. So it's not impossible. The Stanley Cup playoffs are a different beast. There's, There's so much parity. There's much more parity in NHL playoffs than any other mm-hmm. any other league. Um, it's yeah, I don't know quite to what word to describe it, but there's actually a video I'll send you, Charles, that describes why the hockey playoffs are much more unpredictable, if you want to call it that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, admittedly, you know, a one seed that's the, the lightning last year that got swept by the eight seed jackets, you know, that's not expected. But at the same time, you know, they were on a hot streak going into the end of the season. So kind of looking back at it, there's less ex- it's less surprising if an 8 seed beats a 1 seed um, anything can really when they say anything can happen they really mean it in NHL playoffs so um, especially here because especially this season because the only reason those four teams got the top seeds is because of how well they did in the curtailed regular season yeah and philly won the round robins so but there is no momentum going into these playoffs none whatsoever yeah basically uh teams look your, your goalie could just be absolutely standing on his head stopping everything and you can win a series even if you're offensively less capable uh, than that, than that team that you're facing was in the regular season. But you... I mean, case in point was uh, Eunice Corposalo um, in the Blue Jackets uh, Lightning series. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of him in my life, <laughs> exactly. but he was the only reason 
that Columbus was in that series that long. He took it, he faced like 80-something shots in that five-overtime game. Right. Yeah. Like, that's pure insanity. And the, the truth... The Yankees have broken out. Yeah, it was um, it was a misplayed ball by Kiermaier. Uh, he tried a diving catch, but it got under him. Um, so that scored two runs. And then the batter came around all the way. It was a Little League home run, basically. Oh, okay. Gio Ursula will take that, gentlemen. Um... But yeah, Cor- uh, Corpusalo, uh, or what was my right? So there's a trophy that's given to the most valuable player of the playoffs. Um, you basically, it's the most valuable player of the final round. Um, it's called the Con Smythe Trophy, and 99% of the time it goes to the the winning team, uh, but. The last time I remember going to the losing team was uh, Jean-Sebastien Chaguer mm-hmm. uh, back in 2003, who was part of the who was the goalie of the losing um, Anaheim, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. And anyway, usually it will go to like a position player or something or other. But I'm going to be honest, and I'm trying to remove as much of my goalie bias as much as possible. But to be frank, every goalie of the winning team deserves the con smite. Because uh, I, I wouldn't say that. Pretty much. I mean, mm, I like, mean, look, I, like the I 2009 care. Pittsburgh Penguins. I can't say that Mark Andre Fleury looked great. Regular. We talked about Mark Andre Fleury. Right. I, I don't think he's aside from, I guess uh, the the inaugural Vegas Golden Knights here. I don't think you could have given him a Conn Smythe for the two thousand nine playoffs. That's I don't fair, know. but I, I mean it more in the sense that you Cam Ward, a... Cam Ward, definitely. I mean, rookie, whatever, and he, yeah. Like you, you can't have a shitty goaltender and win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Yeah. It's it's not not possible. Your your goalie needs to be on point. You can't have a subpar goaltender. Your goalie cannot have a subpar postseason and expect to go far. Okay. So um, so I guess that's done with the um, the the Lightning Bruins series. Do you yeah, want? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hedman with the the double overtime goal. And it's. I'm just glad that Boston's out. Mm-hmm. And we really need the rest because um, Stamkos has been out. Uh, Steven Stamkos is our captain and one of our top uh, goal scorers, point men. Um, he's been out since March. Um, I mean, I guess everyone technically has been out since March, but hmm. he was. Out in the he was out in the regular season and then he's continued to be out. He hasn't done any skating or anything. He's just out with some undisclosed injury. Um, and then we this past game, um, Nikita Kucherov, who is our top goal scorer, um, 
he got injured, undisclosed injury, but we're assuming it has something to do with his face because he caught a high stick from uh, Zdeno Chara, um, and he played a few minutes. Uh, he went into the locker room, came back out, played a few minutes, then left and didn't come back for the rest of the game, game five. Um, so hopefully this extended rest will give him a chance to uh, get well again, and in the off chance that Stamkos can come back, we could really use him. Okay. Um, two, the other remaining series over in the Western Conference mm. are Vegas and Vancouver. I believe that one is 3-2 now? 3-1. That, that's 3-1. Yeah. Vegas, correct? Right. So the Golden Knights won game one, 5 nothing. Uh, then they lost 5-2, to two, which I was surprised by. Um, but then they they kind of put it all together, 3 nothing in Game 3, and then 5-3 to three in Game 4. I'm going to assume the Canucks are going to play as hard as they can. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did sneak out another victory, but I still believe the Golden Knights will either... Uh, will, like, if, if they're not sloppy... They're on point. They're probably going to win tonight, anyways, and um, move on to the next to the Western Conference Final. And then the Dallas, the Dallas Stars and Avalanche series. This I, has been an interesting one. I'm, I, I'm disappointed in the Avalanche. To be honest, I thought they would play a lot better. I mean, they kind of woke up last game uh, with the six to three game win, but the Stars have been kind of handling them incredibly well they're scoring uh let's say they won five to three then five to two then a six to four loss and then five to four and then six to three so um colorado's gotta shore up that defense because uh the stars uh, they're not they're not bereft of scorers let's let's just say that and um and i'm surprised that because the Avalanche, their first round series, um, I thought that they were a favorite for the Western Conference after that. Uh, they, they just handled the Coyotes just so well. Which I guess is kind of a false... Uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't have put too much stock into it because the Coyotes, in a normal season, maybe just sneak into the playoffs or don't make it at all. And they're, they've had, they have other off ice issues, anyways. But, uh, but the way that Colorado beat beat them down was impressive. And I, um, and it's not that the stars are scrubs. Really, I shouldn't be that surprised. But I'm a little disappointed in their defensive play out in Colorado. That's that's what I'm saying. So, and this. Uh... This past week, uh, this past game was very interesting because, um, again, must win for Colorado, and they come out and put uh, put a five spot on Dallas the first period. Yeah, Ben Bishop got pulled, and then Kudobin didn't fare too much better, slightly better. He only gave up two goals over the course of um, Bishop gave up. Four uh, Flyers 
score now three to one with fifteen twenty eight remaining in the third. Mm-hmm. Um. Not going, and then meanwhile, around the same time, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay gets a homer, now five to three. So lots of happenings going on. That was uh, Willie Adamas to left field, maybe left center. Anyway, um, so yeah, four were given up by Ben Bishop. Uh, two were given up by Anton Kadobin. Um So maybe Colorado will ride that into game six. Uh, they could certainly use it. Use it. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, we're just waiting for the series to end here, but... Um... That Stars Avalanche series, I wouldn't be surprised if the Avs, maybe they finally put it together and, and send it to a Game 7. Um, other than that, good good job, Tampa Bay. And I, oh, remember I posed to you the scenario? Because now it's about what's coming in the future. So you got the Islanders. Uh, if they win Game 6 and move on, that's not going to be an easy matchup. Barry Trotz is a fantastic coach, and he has, um, and he's got the Islanders playing extremely well. Um, they've got guys that can score, uh, and they're just structurally, defensively, they've got a great, great systems. It's 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 a very very well coached team, and they've got talent to boot. So that's not going to be an easy matchup. Uh, if the Flyers somehow come up and win this, you've got the momentum factor, which might not be great for Tampa Bay. The rest might be good, but if Philly's coming in there with momentum, that's dangerous. And then if they do make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, um, I, I pose to you the scenario, what if it's like the revenge of Ben Bishop and he's going up against his team, Dallas versus Tampa Bay, and he just plays out of his mind. That could be a scenario that could happen too. Um, I mean, someone mentioned on Twitter, which is is pretty good point, is that the goaltenders that we face this this postseason have been playing out of their minds. Right. Um, you know, well, first off, like I mentioned, uh, <clears throat> Corpusalo, mm-hmm. I'd never heard of him, um, and he's there making eighty saves in a five overtime game. And then Yaroslav Halak was the backup basically the entire year and is thrown into the fire because um, Rass- Tuka Rath yeah. uh, left the bubble. Right. And he wasn't so, doing that well um, with the bubble games. So it's like they're, they're bringing their, their best stuff against us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if if Bishop, if we were to end up facing Bishop, then yeah, we'd expect him, we'd expect him to give his all. And he's when he was with us, he was a good goaltender. Um, you know, I was I was kind of bummed and surprised that we traded him, but um, I mean, uh, it, Gosselin has been fantastic for us. Yeah, 
I mean, there's no there's no shortage of good goaltenders. Let's say if you face Philly, you get Corey Hart, um, who's playing better now in these, uh, at least in this game. Or you have Semyon Varlamov, who's done a great job for the Islanders, and even their backup Th- uh, Thomas Grice is pretty good too. Uh, or at least the Panthers make him look really good. Um, and then uh, as far as uh, the other game, you have Vegas, who've got a very uh, Robin Lehner just playing extremely well. So there's if the Lightning win it this year, they have really earned it. <laughs> Seriously, and you know, to not to make this personal, but as I've mentioned, I think to you, Francisco, and maybe Charles, I don't remember, this would be, you know, my the team's first cup while I've been a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a Flyers fan back in 2004 um, when they won, when uh, Tampa won their first cup. And, which was funny because the ECF, Eastern Conference Final, was Tampa, Philadelphia. Um, so we were stepping, Philly was a stepping stone on their way to the Cup. Um, and I've told myself, call it superstition, if you will, but I will not touch the Stanley Cup until Tampa wins. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not a player. And, uh, Charles, that that's a, a superstition um, among hockey fans in general, well, hockey players, um, and it kind of spills out to the fans as well, is that you do not touch the cup until you win it. Right. Well, uh, but, I, I mean, I actually knew about that, but the logic never makes sense because you'll never touch it unless you win it. So you can't pre- – is that a way of saying well, you can't predict? Well, sometimes – no, because remember, the Stanley Cup, there's only – well, it's not that there's only one. There's replicas that they – Correct. That they tried out. But – uh, we all believe that the one that is showcased whenever it's out there is the actual cup. So, uh, and you, I don't know if you've seen the Stanley Cup in person, Andrew. Have I have you? not. Okay, I have. Uh, funny enough, it was in Canada when I went there. I, we actually passed by the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I, at the time, I didn't recognize the importance of it, but... You know, it is the Stanley Cup. but And there's only one. And because it's not like, you know, the World Series trophy. I mean, sheesh, the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, George Costanza d- drove one of the trophies around the parking lot at Yankee Stadium once. I mean, it's just one of 27. So um, there's there's no, uh, there, I guess there's not as much value unless it's one of the newest ones to, to people. So seeing a World Series trophy for a Yankees fan is like, yeah. Yeah, we've seen one of those. We're trying to get another one, yeah. My logic is this. How are you going to buy an outfit without trying it on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, touch it. Yeah, well, the Stanley Cup is different. It is the oldest sports trophy, and it is sacred. It is a sacred piece of metal, as Rob Manford would call it. So, side note, but let's have this mini-conversation of it. Out of all the the big awards or trophies out of all the big factor sports, which one would you like to redesign? Because I really kind of hate the Super Bowl trophy. I think it's 
It's lame. It's just yeah. super. It's just a football. With uh, a, I like a the World stick. Series trophy because it has all the flags on it and all that stuff. It's and they redesigned it um, to make it look slimmer and kind of even more cooler. To be honest, um, uh, the Stanley Cup it has been redesigned before. It used to be just the top portion of the cup, uh, and then as teams won and you needed more space to engrave. They added ranks to it, but it used to be really thin, like really skinny ranks. And then, like, they replaced those ranks with a fatter cup uh, that you see today. And as rings get filled up, as they engrave uh, rungs of the of the cup on there, and, then, and as they get filled up, they remove a portion of it, and then it goes to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and then they add a new clean rung to it that they engrave on there, so... Um, I forgot what year they're on right now, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe, I think the next one that will get taken off will be, like, the last one the Leafs appeared in, or won. So, Leafs <laughs> fans are kind of dreading that day, <laughs> because they they haven't been to a Stanley Cup final in more than 50 years, and haven't won it in that time span, too, so. Um, I think 67 was their last. Cup. Yep. So yeah, we're at fifty-three years now. Um, but yeah, uh, the NBA trophy. It's kind of clean. Yeah, it's a giant basketball and a giant net. Um, it's gold. It's got a base. Yeah, the Super Bowl trophy is kind of. I, I don't know what you would design it as. I mean, because uh, we um, we have the newer college football playoff trophy that came out. That's kind of a See, neat. I mean, you look at the, the – here's my problem with the football one. Aside from, like, I think the silver doesn't look that good. It looks like a bullet about to be loaded into a magazine. Hmm. Have you ever seen that kind of, like, combination? It's just it's something about it. Not too crazy of it. I mean, the NBA one's fine because I think it's because it's gold. So it's cool. Okay. And, you know, the only the only thing I can think that they could do pretty well is just make the ball more like, you know, with the – you know, with the the U. You know, basically North America. You know, yeah. just because even though they say World Basketball Champions, I'm like, no, that's incorrect. Well, because there's actually like basketball leagues yeah, around the world. Yeah, but I mean, come on, who's gonna be Logistics, uh, internationally? Like, if there was like in like in soccer, if there was like a Champions League, oh, and the Marlins win. Here we go, three to two against the Buffalo Blue Jays. But um, I, I mean, I don't know how you redesign it. I mean. The better way to redesign is just make it more flashy, you know, adding in some commemorative design, Put diamond some LEDs studs, on there. <laughs> jewels. Why the hell not, man? You know, I, I, you're talking to the guy who buys championship belts from WWE. So, <laughs> you think I go with the basic strap? Nah, baby, I go with that big gold, man. Ten pounds of gold, you know, WCW, AWA style, man. And then, of course, I have the very bejeweled and. Uh, Hated by the casual fans of the current WWE Championship, but I like it. Mm. I like the big two W's with the gold, with the gold and the and, black uh, belt Andrew, pack, and then the diamonds. Andrew, uh, I haven't. So, uh, do do people hate the college football playoff trophy? I mean, as in comparison to like the B- BCS trophy, was just like what the the crystal trophy. Yeah, uh, Waterford Crystal. Yeah. That, uh, well, that, that I've me, seen at Florida State. <clears throat> you know. Let me. Um, let me let me be I'm gonna get a little bit technical here. The Waterford Crystal Trophy 
was not actually the BCS trophy, technically. What it was, was, if I remember correctly, there was a contractual obligation, and I'm going to double-check myself, and maybe Freddie can save my ass if I'm wrong. Um, and if I end up being wrong, I'll issue a correction next week. But there was a contractual obligation with the BCS and the Associated Press that the winner of the BCS would automatically be the number one team um, in the AP poll. So, the Waterford Crystal was actually the AP poll trophy. And oh. what that means is that it's still being awarded. Mm. The team still gets the Waterford Crystal trophy. However, it, may, it means less, quote-unquote, because the quote-unquote real trophy is that gold BCS, uh, gold college football playoff one. Um, but it's generally agreed that the, the AP trophy is much, much, much prettier than the BCS trophy, which it's not a bad trophy, but the other one is just so much better. Okay. Like there are a few trophies that I would change. Um, you know, the Stanley Cup being one of them. You would change that, it. I would never change it. Oh, my okay. bad. Okay. There are a few trophies that I would never change. Oh, okay. Um, um, you know, the ones I would change if I mean I think they're okay, but they're they could be changeable. Uh, would be the NBA one. MLB, um, NFL, I could see all those being tweaked in some way. Um, but the ones that cannot and shall not be touched uh, by penalty of death would be the Stanley Cup and the Waterford Crystal. Just you, you can't touch those. Mm. Those are beautiful as is. Uh, they cannot be touched. That's all I have to say on that because that's all I can say on that. Okay. All right. So I think we can move on. So, uh, all right. So let me pre preface all of this. I don't have a, I don't have a minor league team. I don't have a goon. I don't have an MVP. I don't have a, I don't have a, a hall of famer for today because we're getting to the second, I guess the second long half of this show. All right. On the bottom right of our screen, as we move on. I do have WWE NXT Live, but of course, the senior Vince McMahon wouldn't be happy about that, uh, showing it. So <laughs> we put him on the screen. I'm sure he loves seeing his face on a screen. So Vince, if you're, if you look, we're, 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 we're appealing to you, dude. There, there it is. And we're going to enter the cage because Charles, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. Oh, there, there's so many things happen. I have my best uh, audience coming in here with Andrew's dog, so always appreciative. Um, I forgot her name, so you got to forgive me on that one. But, but uh, Luna, there we go. I knew it was an L, but I didn't want to be a jackass and say I didn't know her name. So, guys, as we speak right now, I'm also watching the NXT thing live, so I'm about to go cross-eyed as I look to the screen on my laptop and the screen of the TV to the notes. But we got to talk about what's happening right now, but let me do my thing. Welcome, everyone, to your weekly Trueplex, The Cage with Charles. Now, remember... 
wrestling. It is not fake. It is scripted. It is a ballet. It is a dance. It is poetry in motion. It is two men, two women being the holy hell out of each other for, you know, money, championships, blood feuds, the thirst to prove yourself, or a vacant championship, just as we have right now at the bottom of the screen if you are viewing, or on the big screen like I'm doing right now in my room, because right now we have going on for the first time I've seen in my eyes a fatal four-way Iron Man match for the NXT championship. Let's give some backstory in here. Right now the FAR participants, because we're going straight into it. We'll talk about the other stuff, but we'll go into this one first. On NXT on USA, you have Tommaso Ciampa, former NXT champion. Yes. Did you do your disclaimer? I did my disclaimer. Okay. Really quickly, yeah. I, I did it fast. Usually fast. Not as fast, but I did fast. But, um, you know, but as you know, Andrew, you can always give it back in, but we know that wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. So <laughs> right now, as we got going on, it's the fatal four-way Iron Man match between four former NXT championships. Champions, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, baby, and Finn Balor. And what's the basis of this? The NXT Championship, in a pretty good match at NXT TakeOver 30 between Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, which ended in Karrion Cross defeating Keith Lee to win the championship, was vacated the next following mm. show because Karrion Cross had a separated shoulder. Keith Lee got called up to Raw. So Keith Lee, our big dude that we be loving, who had vacated the North American Championship and had done everything he could to put over Karrion Cross, is now in the big boys. So when you got chicken poop, you got to make chicken salad, boys. <laughs> and what Triple H did was say, hey, I'm going to put four guys that you as viewers love. Because there was only two solutions here. You either put the belt on that next big thing in NXT over somebody who is established to put him over, or you put four guys who you know are vets who have a possibility. So here we are with the four uh, vets. So the idea is this has been going on since 9 o'clock. Whoever has the most wins when the timer is basically ended is your new NXT championship. Finn Balor has one win going on right now, and then the other three are kind of freaking out. I'm loving the match. It's been pretty good, above average, but the commercials are killing me because it takes away from the element. Big S popping boys over in wrestling because it's been about a week since I've talked to you about it and in that span there's been many promotional organizations that have had pay-per-views or will have pay-per-views that is killing me so NXT TakeOver 30 pretty darn good better than NXT TakeOver in your house highlighted matches aside from Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee I think the best match of the night personally was the ladder match to to put in a champion for the North American Championship. Sorry, I'm watching, so I might get a little distracted. Which had Damian Priest, had Bronson Reed, had, uh, was it Johnny Gargano? He was in it too. Uh, you had a few other guys in there. Finn Balor, Velveteen Dream. Damian Priest ends up winning it. Cameron Grimes is in it too. Yeah, I mentioned him. Damian Priest wins the North American Championship in the grid ladder match. You had Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai. Yo wins that one. That was pretty good. Good uh, Project Champa by Champa over there. I'm also a color commentator now, boys. I finally made it in the big time. Finn <laughs> Balor with the interruption coming in yeah. there. So it, it was a good match too. Timmy Thatcher versus Finn Balor was good, but Finn needs to do something because he can't keep putting over young guys by beating him. you got to lose to put over the young guys. Another Project Champa by Champa to Gargano. There's some history here. These guys had a quartet match. It was pretty good. And Finn once again with the interruption because he wants to win. Storytelling. Hire me, Vince. You just met, let Mauro Ronaldo leave. Hiya, ya boy. I got ESQ to my name. Uh, so take over. I enjoyed it. The next night was SummerSlam. Uh, 
big main events that were going on. The Fiend versus, ooh, that was almost a three count. Fiend versus <laughs> Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. I'll talk about that in a second because I want to get the other ones. Randy Orton versus, uh, ooh, another Project Champa on Balor. What are we doing here? What are we going to do? We're going to have a breakup? No, we're not. All right, so you had Randy Orton versus uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre retains over Randy Orton. The program's still going, though, but darn, that was a good match. Nobody hit a finisher, boys. That was a weird match. It was so old school, and I loved it. There was no Claymore. There was no RKO. It ended with a backslide by McIntyre to Orton for the 1-2-3. Sasha versus Asuka was good. Sasha reclaims the Women's Raw Championship, and it's furthering the destruction of the end of the Golden Role Models. That is the tag team of Bailey and Sasha. Good friends, better rivals. That's the truth of it. Main event for SummerSlam. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. That blue and gold was on the line, baby. I liked the match. Some people did it, but it wasn't supposed to be technical wrestling. It's supposed to be two hosses beating the crap out of each other in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Ends with you know, the Fiend, or no, Braun Strowman cuts up the tarp. There's exposed wood, and then the Fiend just ends up uh, Sister Abigail and him a couple of times, and then retains the title. But that's not the big pop that happened, because I was happy the Fiend won. The big pop that happens right after the uh, the victory for the Fiend, in comes Roman Reigns. Yes, Mr. I beat cancer Roman Reigns. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, spearing the Fiend and then going and getting a chair and beating up Braun Strowman with the chair, saying, you ain't the monster without me. And he's telling the Fiend, you're just a freak in a mask. And I have like a little chub because I'm like, wait a second here. Are we getting heel Roman? Are we getting... Bad guy, Roman? Are we? Ooh! All right, that's Willow's Bell by Champa onto Finn. Uh, uh, before, before, yeah, before we, we move, because I'm watching this, I see that the scoreboard here. Fairytale ending. All right, here we go. Johnny, are you going to seal this? All right, my prediction is that Finn wins it, but I would actually like Johnny to win this. I'll tell you why if this okay. match ever revolves. Okay, so Johnny Grill has one up. All right, so, so scoreboard. Now the scoreboard is Johnny and Finn, one-to-one, going in there. Cole's got nothing, Chomp's so, got nothing, uh, 23 uh, minutes so, left. Uh, all right. Uh, I know there's, like, so many things to try to get out the door here. I'm uh, doing a good job, right? <laughs> if I ever have children, you can set me up with uh, quintuplets because I can manage them. And this is real time that's happening. For the first time, we're doing this real time, uh, watching wrestling. We've done baseball and stuff before, but this is, this is a different beast here. Uh, so, because I'm seeing this. And two and nope. Okay, I broke up. Uh, so I'm seeing this. This is an interesting dynamic having four guys going at it for a free for all. And that's what gave me like a mini chub yesterday. It's a bit or last of Super week. Smash Brothers here to me. In a yeah, way. because here's the thing: it's when the timer's out. The timer's out. So all oh, bets wow. are off, man. So that's what the okay on the bottom left that I'm seeing every every few minutes that yep. they're posting there. There's, there's like 26, typical, 26 minutes left for for wow. Okay, your typical and Adam Cole just called the spot so Chompas can get him. There we go. So your typical Iron Man match is usually one v one, and mm-hmm. whoever has the most wins wins. The most historic one was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Was it WrestleMania? Yeah, WrestleMania thirteen or WrestleMania twelve. And it ended with going into overtime, and Shawn Michaels wins with a sweet chin music to knock knock down one his first WWE champ or WWF championship at that time. They tried to replicate it with other Iron Man matches and Iron Women matches with Sasha and um, 
Charlotte, it was okay. And then Dolph Ziggler and, oof, nice super kick. Dolph Ziggler, and here comes Johnny getting popped in the face. Popped in the face like a pimple. We're going to get a Panama Sunrise. Look at this beauty of a move that I could not do if my life <laughs> depended on me. Like, that's just pure, there's a gymnastic element to wrestling. Um, and these two have history. That's a good thing, too. Everybody's got history. Ooh. So now we're at three, guys. The tension is high. I'm assuming Ciampa's going to get it at some point, and then, then it really gets kind of intense here for your boy. So if I scream or if I get excited or if I moan, forgive me. I'm just really aroused. Um, so the Iron Man matches are interesting, but they're usually a feud ender, I would say, because what else is there to say about ending a feud besides, hey, we went a whole hour on this thing, and I retained, or I won, I beat you. you that's it. Next thing would be like maybe a street fight, but I don't know. It's whatever. But um, so this is good. This is what you need because even though these guys have been former champions, about two out of the four of these guys, if you gave them the belt, can you give new direction to to help rebuild the brand until the proper guys come back? I like. I don't know what you do with Adam Cole. Champa just turned heel. Johnny's been heel for a while, but I want Johnny to win on the sole measure and nature that the. One title that he won a year ago, he didn't have a long run. He lost in the first title offense against Adam Cole. Ooh, ooh, there's Ciampa getting his victory. You see, guys, I'm calling the spots. I'm calling the spots because I am – oh, he didn't get it because I'm the salsa instructor here. I'm telling you and your cute little <laughs> girlfriend and boyfriend how to move left and how to move right. Um, and Adam Cole had that title for 400-something days. Finn Balor – now, why I would also want Finn to win is because Finn was champion – about three years ago or four years ago. Then he went to the main roster. Mm -hmm. So if he's going to win it again for the second time, it's in this new focus of a film where he's the bad guy, where he's the prince. Are we going to do doubles widows, Bill? That would be interesting. Wait, oh, that's another Wait, can point. I jump in really quick? Yes, please. Islanders just so, tied it. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. With so much of that. Without right a minute. Unbelievable back by the Islanders. You, are you Chapa for real? Gets the fairy tale ending on Cole. Gonna get the one, two, three there. Yeah, yeah, it's all tied up. One, 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 one. See, this all is right, the go drama. Back to your thing. <laughs> so, everybody's tying everything up right now. Yeah, yeah, and there's still time. So you end up with that kind of uh, drama contrary, but you have a new character because the presumption is if it's Finn, Karen Cross will come back. Finn will put over Karen and go back to the main roster. I know Finn doesn't want to go back because he hates Vince McMahon. Guess what, Finn? We all do, but at least you're getting paid millions by him. So life kind of sucks. For, for me, it's great for you. Back to SummerSlam. Roman Reigns, Mr. IB Cancer, comes in as a heel. And I got a meaty chub because I'm like, is he a bad guy? So here's when I say there was so much wrestling that happened because immediately after SummerSlam, WWE had a pay-per-view on Sunday called Payback, right? And which had Keith Lee goes against Randy Orton. Apollo Crews versus um, Bobby Lashley. The U.S. Championship was on the line. The Women's Tag Team Championship was on the line. And then we had a triple threat match of The Fiend and Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Well, on Friday Night SmackDown, boys, heel turn Roman Reigns confirmed because he's talking about signing the contract and he's like, oh, that's a prediction. It's a spoiler or whatever cool voice that he has. And then comes fat Paul Heyman staring at him like a little piggy who's also a cannibal. And Paul Heyman's known to being Brock Lesnar's advocate. And Paul Heyman ain't no good guy. He ain't no nice dude. And then we're like, heel Roman Reigns. So then comes Payback. The pay-per-view itself was just average matches, but it hit the drama a little bit of what I needed. The highlight match I think that was probably excellent was um, they would be, be the hell out of each other. I did like the women's tag match. I was enjoying. You know, That was good enjoyment. It was a short pay-per-view. Randy Orton put over Keith Lee in a seven-minute match would make Keith Lee look strong. 
And then, you know, cool. Dominic Mysterio is still wrestling, unfortunately. But I then like we have... Chapa's guy's beard for some reason. Yeah, well, Chapa, Chapa is the most ripped midget you're ever going to see. Because the guy's <laughs> only like 5'8", but I wouldn't mess with him. Because here's the problem, too. Any of these guys go on the main He's roster... He's got that, that, that farmer's tan right there. I mean, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Well, you know, just just like a porn video, the close-up is a beautiful thing, and it makes these guys look like they're big dudes. But when they get to the main event roster, and they're measuring up with their body size to a Bobby Lashley, to a Brock Lesnar, to a Braun Strowman, boy, they're just our heights, man. You know, their heights. At least with Ciampa, he looks like he'll kind of beat you up a little bit. Finn, Finn looks like he doesn't need a carb at all. He hasn't had a carb in a decade. Um, I just think of Step Brothers. I haven't had a carb since 2006 or 2002. Johnny kind of has like the man, the man boy's body, and I love me some Cole because he knows how to work the mic. But if he could do something, get some pecs going on, maybe there'd be some, you know, intimidation going on. Oh, double super kick! They just both knocked. Okay, that's selling. That's selling like champs right there. All right, they they fighting like hosses, boys. So the end of payback, it's Braun and the Fiend continuing their fight. Mind you, the Fiend just won the belt, and they're beating the hell out of each other. And everybody's like, "Where's Roman?" Where's Roman? But it's a triple threat fight. The match has already started. Braun just started attacking the feet out of nowhere. So the two beat the hell out of each other for like eight to ten minutes going into it. And then all of a sudden, they do this great little segment where the ring explodes because they do a superplex over the top. It's a lot of beef between Braun Strowman and uh, uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt. I'm not saying that because, like, accusing they have beef and they have problems. I'm saying, no, they're fat boys. You know, one's like 375, the other one's like 325. So they rigged the uh, the ring to pop up and to break, and it just kind of broke apart, which was just beautiful. It was a homage to Brock Lesnar and um, the Big Show back in like 2003 when the ring broke in there. I loved it. Then Roman comes out of nowhere. You hear his music. He comes in smarmy with Paul Heyman, gets a pen, signs the contract, beats the hell out of everybody with like a chair, tries to get a cheap win. I thought that was a three count. Uh, gets the cheap little uh, win, but the Fiend comes out, tries to mandible claw him, and then Roman low blows him, and nothing screams, guys, nothing screams confirmed heel turn more than kicking someone straight between the balls. Oh. Like straight. <laughs> you know, like it, it's there, especially because someone's applying a finisher to you. And so what happens is Roman spears Braun, Braun eats the pin, Fiend only had a title for seven days, and Roman's now your new Universal Championship. All that being said, because now I can dissect it a little bit to this portion um, before I go into the other wrestling promotions, yeah. and then we'll relate back to WWE, because that's a lot of pay-per-views and a lot of bills. I had to kind of give you a um, you know guide for beginners concept. It's the right move. Yes, I understand that The Fiend was supposed to be your big product, and it makes Roman... Not it makes Roman look cheap and it makes the Fiend look weak because he only held the belt for seven days. Mind you, two things: one, he didn't eat the pin; two, it's better for the story because the Fiend's such a supernatural, diabolical concept mm -hmm. that him holding the main title doesn't yield the bearing, you know, rewards of what you want, the bearing fruits of what you want for a championship to be. Um, you basically fought over, and not just that, but you have to have the right guy to be able to pin this dude, and no one's been able to pin him. The only one who was able to pin him was Bill Goldberg at the Saudi show, and mm -hmm. here comes Ciampa with arrogance. There you go. Um, he kind of he looks like he's just going to eat your babies. It's scary. Um, he, he's known as, like, the psycho killer. That's what he called himself in the Indies. It's a good name, I think, for his kind of look. But, you know, Goldberg was is the one who beat The Fiend, and that caused a lot of controversy. So, 
if this is the way to get the title off him and just make him more of a story character as opposed to, like, I have a title to defend it, like, yeah, maybe there'll become more to come, but I, don't, I agree with the decision. Roman's whole thing is I never lost a title. I had to vacate it. Now I get what I want. It's a good story because now he can actually wrestle more people into the dynamic. You can experiment more of him being a heel. You do a lot of stuff coming into it. I don't know who you're going to have him necessarily feuding for because apparently they're going to try to push both Roman and Braun as the top two heels of SmackDown. And they're going to try the Fiend to be like a baby face. And part of it is because he's been working in relation with Alexa Bliss, who's kind of going back to her Harley Quinn kind of styles. Um which I kind of like, and you know, some, and he could be like her Joker. He kind of looks like the Joker when he got his face cut up in the New 52 comics. That's right, boys and girls, Charles yeah. also nerd. Um, and then he wears like the red and black, you know, clown jumpsuits. And he isn't ha- he even had like a, a fiend mallet that he brought out at Payback that oh I thought was gosh. hysterical. That looked like, you know, Harley Surprised that he get a phone call from some lawyers from DC. I'm just as shocked as you are, but it's the Fiend's face, not the Joker's, and it was more of a square cube than, like, a typical rubber mallet, so, you know, more power on them for mm. that. Are we going to go for the uh, air raid crash on them? There's a lot of callbacks. This is what happened in their takeover match um, a couple years, not a couple years, back, a couple months back. Ooh, are you going to do a power bomb? What are we going to do here? So, anyway, I think it's the right story, because Roman could lose feud with Daniel Bryan. He could, if you made AJ Styles' face, he could feud against him. Though, granted, he legitimately hates Paul Heyman. Because Paul Heyman used to be creative for Raw, and Heyman was part of AJ's boys getting fired when they had the, uh, you know, basically the Black Monday equivalent of everybody getting fired for numerous reasons. Because he said, uh, oh, don't worry, your boys Gallows and Anderson are fine. They're not going to fire. And they get fired like hours later. And he was like, what else could I have done for you? And they were like, oh, nothing. So AJ's a ride or die kind of guy. He don't play around. He'd be the hell out of you. Um, what are we doing here? Okay, that's a very awkward... Yeah, that's not going to work on a stomp. What are you doing, Finn? Um, so it's going to be interesting, but they have a draft that's supposedly coming up where they're going to realign certain people. We'll see. Uh, I don't even think they necessarily do <laughs> a draft. Are you concerned that this could end in a tie? I would lose my... Well, it's not. It would just go to overtime, to sudden death. Okay. But the problem right. is, is that unless USA has it, it's not going to happen. What's going to happen is either you're going to have someone's boys interfere, which hasn't happened mm-hmm. yet, but after one has boys, or someone's going to use a weapon when the ref's not looking. Because it's the segment, right? You'll have mm-hmm. refs get kind of knocked down, someone brings out a weapon. Because here's the thing. In a normal triple threat or fatal four-away match, it might be no DQ, but since an Iron Man match, and it matters about, you know, wins and losses, right. if you if someone gets hit in the head with a chair and it's seen, the person who got hit in the head with a chair is going to win, right? Yeah. So, it, it would be very, uh, very, very disappointing. And, alright, are we going to do the cradle roll? We're doing here. All right, so it'll be interesting to the future. Other things that Charles likes are what they're doing WWE that's not NXT right now because we're NXT in it. Bobby Lashley in the Hurt Business, he's the U.S. champion. I like it. I think that's what you kind of need to do. Apollo wasn't necessarily, don't you tap. Don't you tap right now, man. Come on. You know, it's weird. Over in the U.S. wrestling, tapping out is seen as a sign of weakness for your main stars. But if you go overseas, whether it be Japan or British wrestling or anything of that nature, it makes sense. Just like in MMA, the reason why you chap is, tap is not to be a hero is because you don't want the severe damage done to your body. Right. You put me in a sleeper hole that's going to impede the blood flow to my brain, and I'm going to end up becoming like broccoli. Yeah. I don't want that, or I don't want to <laughs> tear the ligaments off my elbows or my knees. So Vince, I, I, I get the idea I don't want to tap because I'm heroic, but the idea is lengthening careers. The only time you should really... If you can change that mentality, is have like old Yeller knowing he's not going to get another opportunity at the title, so he's willing to risk the remainder Wait, of his body. What is happening here? 
Is he gonna tap? I think oh, I might be ahead of you. You're probably like a few seconds ahead yeah. if I'm doing spring streaming. So I I I, I will because I'm not looking at your screen. I'm looking at my screen. So Trampa's hulking up. This is where yeah. I'm at. He's telling Cole uh, okay. he's not gonna tap out. This is sort of and then here comes Johnny. He's yep. gonna hit him in. Okay, double. It's gonna if they both tap out, it's gonna be a. It'll be like a double win because now it's a double mm. submission. So mm -hmm. what happens is the figure four is reversed. You have the Gargano or Gargano escape kicking in. You know, Champa's already been in pain. He's tapped out to this in the past. Now I expect Finn. Okay, there is Finn. So you're probably about thirty seconds ahead on me. Yeah. Johnny's like, go after yourself. It's not happening. Um, oof, oof. The women's, I like what they're doing with Asuka. Some people don't like that she's going against Mickey James. I'm okay with it because you have to do rotation. Um, they're splitting up. They're going to have Bailey and Sasha feud against each other. It's what should be done. You got to do some things. You know, Bailey's had that women's SmackDown belt for so long. It's time. New blood. They've already hinted the fact that Sasha can't hold on to a main title. It's good storytelling. Intercontinental Championship. Jeff Hardy, if we want to talk about, you know, names of the past, has won the Intercontinental Championship. And I forgot who he's feuding with, but he's feuding with somebody over it. He just beat AJ. Um, he beat AJ Styles like two Fridays ago, and then it was Nakamura. Oh, Sami Zayn came back. Yeah, good for Sami. Sami needs to turn face and go against Roman, because that's the ultimate underdog versus uh, chosen one mindset that you go for. All right, we got the four corners coming in. All right, all right, we're doing some work. Over in other wrestling news, because I got a breakout from WWE without the saturation. And I guess it shows that there's too much wrestling sometimes. WWE World, or at least for WWE. So AEW, guys, they have All Out this Saturday. I'm kind of tempted to order it, but I don't want to pay like 50 bucks for it. So this is one of those times where I wish wrestling was cooler and I could have boys come over and girls come over. Hey, guys, let's just go watch some stuff. All right? See what happens. Because the card, to me, has a lot of potential. You have John Moxley versus MJF. I sent you guys some stuff on MJF a couple weeks back on his promos. This is for the AEW Championship. Some people feel Moxley's going to win. I actually think MJF's going to win because something was pointed out in their interview that MJF would be the first actual AEW guy to win the championship because Moxley is a former WWE guy. Jericho right. is a former the first, WWE guy. The, 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 the first original yeah, so I think you want to run with that momentum. He's also very young, too. So there's good storytelling. He's been undefeated. Remember, AEW does that win loss. That makes a lot of things. sense. Like, uh, yeah. you're, you're trying to establish your own brand. You don't want to be like, uh, you're basically just uh, freeloading off of nostalgia or whatever from a different competition. Completely. Especially since, for me, and please, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, don't, don't hate me, but I haven't been too thrilled with your run as a champion. I think part of it... It's because of, you know, the issues that have around it happened in our world with CV coming in, right? But um, it's just, I, I think the right guys weren't thrown to you. You didn't have the character rematch. You had Jake Hager that you defended against in a pretty eh match. Um, your match with Brody Lee was enjoyable. It was aggressive, but I don't think Brody was put into an impossible situation, which, mind you, Brody Lee won the TNT championship off of Cody. So they basically killed Cody for a bit. He's off TV for a while to sell the injury. All right, we got the... We got the drop kick. Are we gonna do the? Uh, we gonna do the coup de gras? We're gonna give it a fin. Too early to give it a fin. You gotta sweat this out till nine minutes and ten seconds left. You gotta do it with like twenty seconds ten, yeah. left. Don't give me this. Um, so you have the you have that going on. But Moxley, it was Brian Cage that was kind of average match. I don't even know they had a rematch. So I'm ready for MJF. I don't know who they have for him as a face to go against him. The guy's just been a gift. It, all right, Johnny, what are we doing here? What, oh, double super kick. 
double another super kick? Are we just doing a super kick party? <laughs> I see it. Super kick party coming into it. So it, it's interesting. So that's one of the games going on. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. I don't know what that is. All I know is, is that <laughs> that's something I'm, you I'm get at brunch, my my dear sir. Well, I know what it is, but I don't know what a mimosa mayhem match might be. Are they going to dunk them in mimosas if anyone's left in the tank? You know, these are questions it's that just, I'm uh, hoping. A, a whole bunch of uh, uh, mid-30s housewives surrounding I, them. Well, I you know, know. I, I'm hoping it gets explained to me tomorrow on AEW Dynamite so I get an understanding. This would be the third match. The first match I thought was good. Their second match left a lot to be desired because it was botched at the end because Jericho's a little bit of a hefty guy, right? Cassidy is very small, so it was supposed to be like a mousetrap pin, and it did not work out pretty well. But, you know, a good feud needs a cool ending. And okay, we I have think to I synced it up to your TV now. Perfect. All right, Finn, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, oh, no. You hit that 1916 on Johnny. All right, so these two had beef because they had an excellent yeah. takeover match. And that Tornado DDT is beautiful because when Finn came back, he wrecked Johnny by hitting the 1916 DDT on the outside, which basically killed Johnny for a couple weeks until he came back. Other things in AEW, Kenny Omega versus Adam and Adam Page versus FTR, formerly known as the Revival, WWE Boys. Why this is interesting, Adam Page has been kicked out of the Elite. The Elite was Cody, Kenny, the Young Bucks, and Adam. Adam, for some reason, screwed over the Young Bucks. I believe it's because there was influence of FTR. Tell him, hey, do us a solid because you like beer and we like beer. Let's drink beer together. It's just good classic storytelling. Your boy's about that. I expect FTR to win. He's been ostracized. And then, yeah, I, I expect FTR to win, and then that will cause the heel turn of Kenny Omega, and then Adam Page will become your new face, and then Omega and him can feud, and it'll be good. The match should be excellent. Adam Page has really just kind of been the highlight of CV World for AEW, him and MJF, in my opinion. So I'm always excited of them kind of gearing up to new levels. Women's championship match, I don't care. Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is the NWA um, women's champion uh, NWA is a smaller promotion that has its show on YouTube every Tuesday. They've suffered quite a bit because of what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Backstreet Boys World Ooh. Tour. Ooh. Ooh. Backstreet Boys World Tour is always for it. But uh, NWA wise, it wasn't, you know, they suffered a little bit from CV. So there hasn't been no build. She does look like a weak champion. They still don't know what they're doing at the women's world. I don't care. 21 man casino battle royale for AEW championship. Let's see what happens there. Dark Order versus a bunch of dudes. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. Basically should be a hardcore match. Sammy Guevara should win to be put over. And then they have a couple of stuff. So we'll see. September 5th is when it's happening. Let's venture into New Japan, boys. And I think it's going to sync up perfectly mm -hmm. with the end of this match. So I'm, like, gifted, right? New Japan has righted its wrongs, gentlemen. As I complained to you, I had no idea what the hell they were doing. They had Evil beat Tetsuya Naito to become double champion, and then he went against uh, Hiroki Takahashi. God, I gotta learn how to say names properly. I can't even say my own. Uh, when he was defending his belt, Evil retained, and then they were building up to where they were gonna have a rematch between Tetsuya Naito and um, Evil in a pretty better match that came into it. This happened in Summer Strongle and Jinkai, where they also crowned King of Power Tournament or King of Professional Wrestling Tournament, which went to Toru Yano. And I love it because Yano's like a comedy gig. He's basically the um, the three stooges of wrestling because all he wants to do is like sell his DVDs. And I promise you I'm going to send you guys snuff on him so you can see because okay. it's kind of like a joke. Because the match literally starts with uh, 
Sonata and the other guy beating up Yano as Okada, who's his boy in the same stable, just posing, and he realizes, oh, crap, what's happening? And it ends with Okada, arguably the best wrestler in the WWE, or not WWE, I'll talk about that in a second, because the PWI did a top 500, and they had John Moxley be top. Ooh, we went for the for the, uh, for the last shot, and then we went to Gargano Escape. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? There's so much storytelling them about this. So... He rolls, Yano rolls up Okada and wins, and I was just cracking up so hard. Um, I think we're getting evil Kodo Bushi, and I'm about that. But bringing it to the main event, so aside from silly interference of Bullet Club and Los Ingobernables de Japón, Tetsuya Naito wins. He reclaims his legacy, his destino, getting both the IC and the heavyweight championship back. The evil experiment is over. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The evil experiment is over. Ch- Naito's now double champion. He gives this big speech in the ring, and then fireworks goes off. It felt like a Japanese Disney movie. A Studio Ghibli <laughs> movie, right? Um, it was a very curious decision, because you know evil winning was a knee-jerk reaction to the travel restrictions, because the leader of Bullet Club was Jay White, and he's over in New Zealand. And I think he was actually over in the U.S. doing stuff here, and he couldn't come over, you know, obviously. So they put those restrictions on it. So they made Evil the new leader of the Bullet Club, gave him champion, and I think it just didn't work. It's not that Evil's a bad wrestler. Um, it's just that he's not... The, it's just such a high level of what they demand in the main event card that I don't think he can carry. And you put it to Naito. Now I'm hoping Naito carries it for a while, has some feuds with Jay White. Oh, boy. I know, it's getting tense, dude. We're, I'm actually we're, thinking uh, up... This I'm down here. At, I'm at the three-minute mark. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh boy! Am I ahead um, of you or, or behind? You you're ahead of me, I think, because I, I haven't had a timer yet. Um, yeah, I'm at 3:08, so you're like a couple seconds ahead of me. So right. you, I can carry this. I can carry this because we can watch my reactions in two minutes as I scream. Um, oh, if this is good, if this is gonna lead to Champa and Gargano as the last two men standing, I will just need a new pair of underwear because the story between these guys for the last like four years is just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, Naito wins. I'm hoping he holds it until Wrestle Kingdom, where evil Kota Ibushi ends up getting the title and going from there. So that's what's going on in the past of Wrestling Worlds. Now, let's just get my reactions on this craziness. So are we going to give it to Ciampa, you guys? So here's the scoop on Ciampa. Mm. Never lost the title. Had to vacate it because of neck injury. Oh. Came oh, back. Had his match with um, Adam Cole. You know what? There's too many guys weighing out. It's going to be Finn Balor. He's going to come in, and he's going to get it. I can already see how this is going. Um, yeah. Finn's going to sneak that, get that opportunity coming in. You can just tell. Oh, oh man, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous, unless they're going to sync it up to overtime. So Ciampa vacated title. Try to get against Adam Cole. Um, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Are we, are we really going to leave it to Gargano and Ciampa? Because if it is, Johnny has to win. I think that's what you got to do. Oh, please. So, Give me what I... Oh, no, no, Finn looked up. He knows what's going on. Uh, woo, right. woo, okay. okay, we're at a minute and a half now. Oh, my goodness. So, I don't know. These guys are in the ring way too long for me to think that's going to be either of them. It's got to be Finn. He was looking up. Cole's looking up. We're at minute 32. Guys, I can't deal with this anticipation. I, I feel know. like... Right. I think we should just on. watch it from here on out. Just... just. Uh, oh. All right. This All right. Okay. So, oh gosh, I'm, I'm like a virgin in prom night right now. <laughs> so we're oh we're down at one minute now. Champa's. I'm, I'm at one sixteen. Wow, really? Sheesh, yeah. I'm way ahead of you. Fling, man. It's a weird little thing. That's how they get the streaming. So you got a you got fifty seconds or you got a twenty second differential basically. 
So I'm just watching. Uh, I mean, sheesh, you're, you're the you're the expert. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Fifty-five on my end. I'm glad I'm What's not looking at What's the score? At I haven't seen it in a while. It's all tied up. Wow. Oh my. Yeah, so that's they, the, they all yeah, have. That's why it's they all have death. two at this point. I think oh, they're all they, at one. Oh, they're all they're still all at, at one? one. Oh wow. Yeah, because they're trying to go for that sudden death. But mm -hmm. the thing is, Cole, Cole, and uh, what is happening Finn, here? Oh I'll no! Be a double pin. That'll be the stupidest thing, but it'll be the smartest thing. All right, we got the air raid. There's Finn. Oh god. All right, so all right, so I got to Finn doing a sneaky. Yeah. All right, good. Charles is smart. Yep. He knows everything, gentlemen. Yep. I, he knows everything. Did, did I not this? call it? How do you do this? You keep doing this. <laughs> I don't know, it's but basketball, I got it live. Oh, oh, baseball. What just happened? Oh, and we, oh it's a tough. What the heck happened there? No. Oh, they're going to sudden death overtime. All right, this is so even okay, so it's Cole versus Finn. It's a tie. So, okay, I know what they're going to do. They're going to extend the story out, right? And it's going to lead to Finn and Cole either in Sun Death, which you can't have right now, or they're going to have a one-on-one -on -one match to determine completely. It's a complete cop-out. Guys, it's a complete cop-out. Oh. But for an hour, I was entertained because here's the thing. They're not going to have a pay-per-view probably till November or October, so you might as well just do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, Okay. Oof. So so it's the the title is still up in the air. They're yeah. gonna they're 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 gonna schedule something new. Yeah. They're they're gonna make it between Finn and uh Adam because they both had the victory coming into it. I mean it's a cop out. Hear me right now, it's a cop out. I, but, I'm I'm gonna look at live reactions here. Just tied it yeah. up, what happens? Yeah, uh, well the, the, we already know what's gonna happen. It's gonna leave. Ballard to versus Cole next week. That's what some it's people all, are saying. It's, it's the get ratings, but you got to do that in a pay-per-view match, man. Yeah, this match has been a banger. Uh, uh, look, how do I want to say this? gorgeous. Looks like uh, uh, anime match is going overtime, but it's not, I guess. Uh, I, I got to say this in the PG-13 way, gentlemen. Okay, but, okay. you know. Sudden death if, next week. Yeah, everybody's, yeah. Sometimes playing the game of just a tip is just enough, right? And that's what's happening here. This is how I view this match. One-on-one -on -one next week. This is all for... It's all for ratings. Okay. But I'll take it. Because that's a money match in of itself. But damn it, I would rather have a pay-per-view where I'm not going to get commercial interruptions. Ah. ah. I don't know how I feel, but I liked it. I liked it. They pulled a sneaky. They pulled a sneaky on it. Yeah. Oh, even I, as a as a as a noob, found it fun. This is this is a very uh, fun concept. It. Oh, and we and we mentioned it. We mentioned Finn stealing the sneaky and the concept of sudden death. I mean, I yeah yeah. All right, boys, and that that's it for the kids. You see how it all yep. sequenced up? All right, and there's a law and order. That's our longest <laughs> show ever. And I think it's next Tuesday where they're doing that one on one. <laughs> Wow. Maybe tune in next week. Okay. I'll, I'll tweet live reactions if need be. All right. Gentlemen, I, I, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I, that this was the longest cage ever, but it was very, very fun. And longest episode ever. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is Shaq. We're almost at the three-hour mark. Thank you for giving me the platform.
on something that was only last minute put together with six weeks, six days notice. And I actually had to bring out notes. If you, you would laugh, I actually wrote down segments because so much wrestling did happen. Yeah. And I told myself, I have to actually address this as I'm watching a match that I have a hundred percent interest in. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my contacts have slid out because of how stressed, like spread out my eyes were. Thank you. King crusader Kings three, uh, for sponsoring us. And you should get it because it was a 10 out of 10 IGN, which I expect the Finn Balor and Adam Cole match to be like, just saying straight up. Oh, yeah. All right. So I think that's it. Oh, I forgot to mention, we're going to do a giveaway. Uh, we're doing giveaways. Yeah, we have a, my, a Florida Marlins pennant that uh, several other podcasts are going to also be giving out. And we'll figure out the details. We'll probably tweet it out. And I'll see if we do it next week. If not, in two weeks from now. That's that's when I want to uh, get get rid of these pennants here and, and make the people happy. But Denver's going to win. It's 55-36. Leave it on that thought. Yep. All right. I'm done. All right, gentlemen. Adios. Good night, everyone. Gonna get it.